Hey guys, Hydroberg here. And tonight we continue our October to Romero month with Dawn of the Dead from 1978. On for the first time on episode 119 is the entire crew from the Cinema Slab podcast. Get your shopping carts loaded up with beer and ammunition for a consumer-friendly episode of A Cut Above Horror Review, starting now. They're still here. They're after us. They know we're still in here. They're after the place. They don't know why. They just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. What the hell are they? They're us, that's all. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be continuing our October to Romero. We'll be picking up the second film in George Romero's Dead Cycle, covering Dawn of the Dead from 1978. That's right, the original. Uh, But first, let's meet everybody else on the show. We have definitely got a full house tonight. We've got the beautiful, wonderful, amazing co-hosts from Cinema Slab Podcast, Anna and Hannah, and Hannah's brother, Hunter, is joining us, too. So welcome, guys. Lovely trio. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Glad to be here. going to be a great conversation. So glad to have you guys with us. I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. I'm excited. I love this movie. (laughs) Yes, we do have a lot to say. I'm just going (laughs) to shut up and let y'all do it. Uh, But first, before that, next up, we've got John. What's going on, John? Oh, hello there. I I just talked to you guys, Hannah, uh, Hunter, Anna. Um, Yeah, we we, we just we did a little collaboration about John Carpenter. Yes, we did. One one of my favorite directors of all time. I do have to uh, make a change to something I talked about uh, when it comes to uh, the movie The Thing. Um, I I got a little text message from somebody else on the show. Hunterberg. Peer pressure. uh, About the score I gave The Thing and, and... I, in all honesty, I should have given it a higher score. So I'm going to give it, oh boy. I'm going to give that movie a five out of five as well. Um, Wow. What a come around. So again, I love the movie. I think it's fantastic. I'm not a big horror sci-fi fan, but um, yeah, I I, I felt like I needed to change it. And thank you for calling me out, Hydrovert. But welcome, John Carpenter. Thank you for John Carpenter. You're welcome. Is what you mean? Thank you for bullying me into changing my score. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And Jacqueline, how are you doing? Hydrovert, how are you doing? Uh, I'm excited for this month. It is fantastic. So continue, Jacqueline. I'm sorry. It's, but check out okay. the check out that podcast, John Carpenter. Uh, we do a, a, a director spotlight. Is that mm-hmm. what we call yes. it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. John, I would have laughed so hard if you were like, "So I'm going to change my score to a 4.1." Oh my <laughs> god! I oh, I know. I was sitting here waiting for it. I was like, I was actually, I, I, I was actually thinking about it to fuck with Hydroberg a little bit. I was actually going. Yeah, I was going to go like a 0. 0.5. That's what I was thinking. But no, I'm just What kidding. if you that, were like, that, I'm going to give it a 3.11. Oh, 
I tell you, after the, we had that conversation, I actually checked out Escape from New York again. And I love that movie, too. I mean, so Carpenter good. in the 80s was just like he was on fire. Well, I guess mm-hmm. late, late 70s to mid 80s. I mean, it was just yeah, the yeah. dude just banger after banger after banger. So pumping out. Yeah. 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 Hyderberg, do you feel better now? About what? About oh, that score. score. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You're welcome, John Carpenter. <laughs> I, I did it for John. Oh, he, well, he, he really it, needed your support. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he totally did. <laughs> anyway, now, last now after least... that, after that, can we have John Carpenter do our theme music for the uh, intro for the for the show? Totally. Oh yeah, totally. Right. He's. I'm sure he's up. dying to do it. He's like, oh. He's just, he was just waiting for the five. Yeah, exactly. And after score first. Yeah. And last but not least, we got Hyderberg. What's going on, Hyderberg? Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Cinema Slab, what's up? Thanks for coming on. What's going on? Haven't seen two of you guys since True Romance. I know. I know. That was a good episode. That was a great yeah. episode. Yeah, but Hunter, you, the- you weren't on that episode, were you? I was not. No. Okay. Okay. I was. Uh. I did listen to. Um. Just recently, I listened to the episode John you were on the uh, spotlight. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Thanks. And the faculty uh, episode, I had mentioned to you guys that that was a blast too. I I haven't dug into your Inception one yet because it's pretty long. So I was like waiting. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's It's worth it though. It is. It's a really good episode. We're proud of it. Well, while we're on the topic, do you guys want to talk for a minute about Cinema Slab and what the show's all about? Sure. Yeah, we're uh, best friends, and Hannah and Hunter are brother and sister, and we just love to watch movies together, and we love to talk about movies enough to have a podcast, and we were all sitting around just having a conversation one night, and I just started thinking, like, this would be a fun podcast, and so yeah, yeah. here we are. I'm really proud of what we've all built, and, you know, we're trucking along. Yeah, you guys sure are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great show. And may I just say, particularly to Anna, I'm really glad to be able to do the show with you tonight because you've been on once before, but it happened to be a night about a year ago that I could not make it. So I was really bummed out that I missed um, getting to record that episode with you and, and, you know, get to have that discussion. So I'm really glad that we get to chat tonight. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier, too. I was like, yeah, I get to record with Jacqueline, too, this time. <laughs> no shade to the boys, but we had fun for Krampus. But I was like, yeah, Jacqueline's we here did. this time. We did. <laughs> and I'm my, curious. my two fellow co-hosts as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I am curious. Um, so, Hunter, what is your favorite genre of movies? When, when you go to seek out a movie, what is your favorite genre? Well, uh, first and foremost, it's always going to be horror. But if there's not a good horror movie out at the moment or anything I'm not absolutely clamoring to see, I'll try and find myself a good action movie. Okay. I'm always, about, I'm always go ahead. either action or sci-fi because I grew up on both of those. I mean, I was watching Jurassic Park when I was three. So <laughs> if that gives you any indication of my favorite kind of movie, then I would say anything action or sci-fi. I think that's why I vibe so well with, you know, horror sci-fi was because I grew up on sci-fi movies. So I think that's why I vibe so well with that kind of with that kind of and, movie. And thank you, Hunter, for that, because that's why I changed my score. Hannah, how about you? What's your what's your favorite genre of movie? Oh, definitely horror. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, if I had to pick, if I had to go with the second genre, it would probably be it would probably be sci-fi. 
uh, I enjoy sci-fi a lot too. And so does my boyfriend. So uh, mm-hmm. we kind of vibe together on that. But uh, yeah, horror, most definitely. I grew up on it. Uh, me and my cousin would sneak around and watch, <laughs> always watch the latest horror movie when I was a kid. And uh, I, I've just always been drawn to it. I can't explain it. Um, I, I've just always been drawn to the creepy. So, yeah, definitely horror. Awesome. And we know Anna. We know Anna. She, yeah. she, she's a horror gal. Come on. Yeah. Right, Anna? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely mm-hmm. horror first and foremost. But I love everything. I love a good action movie. I feel like we were all raised on action movies in the yeah. 90s. Mm-hmm. Anna Hunter and I. And so that's something else we bonded over. Um, but yeah, I'll watch anything. I love a good drama. Indie movies are fun. Low budget. Yeah. Rom-coms. Yeah. Every now, yeah. If it it has, if it's a romantic movie, it has to have some comedy to it. Yeah. I can't just do, or like True Romance was action Tarantino. Romance. Yeah. yeah, that's not what a not? traditional right. story. Exactly. No, <laughs> what about uh, like an action romance? <laughs> yes. What about yeah. a Zomcom? Zomcom. Zomcom. For sure. Oh, check out Warm Bodies for sure. That's exactly what I was going to say, John. Check out Frankenhooker. Hannah, you're so lucky that your boyfriend enjoys sci-fi movies with you, that you guys have that overlap. Because when when your partner is not into the same thing as you, it's just like a constant sort of like compromise. And it's it's a (laughs) gift to be able to watch what you want to watch with your partner. Yeah, it definitely She said woefully. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Yeah, he does not like horror. I will never forget one day I was watching Society and he walked in like on that horrific scene. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but y'all probably know what I'm talking about. And he walked in and he goes, Hannah, you watch some of the weirdest shit. And then he just turned around and like went back into his room. And I was like, yeah, that's me. That's quite really? possibly the worst part to watch. To like yeah. Into. Really? yeah, the worst part. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Can he de- can he deal with sci-fi horror? Like, will he watch like uh, yeah, the thing like or Invasion really of the Body Snatchers? Okay, yeah, like Event right. Horizon, Alien. Yeah, most definitely. So at least he approaches the genre. Yes, somewhat. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I did make him watch Dead Alive too because that's nice. like my favorite. Yeah, my <laughs> favorite movie of all time. And did he, he laugh? Enjoyed it. He laughed. Yeah. Okay. It, it grossed him out, but he laughed. <laughs> well, <liked> yeah, it. <laughs> it's supposed to. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Definitely. Well, good. I'm glad he he did that for you. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys ready to talk some uh, horror news? I am. Yeah. All yeah. right, John. What you got for us? Well, if you're looking for a preview of the movie Terrifier Three, you're going to have to go to to the movie theater because uh, late October Terrifier Two is coming back out in the theaters. November first teaser trailer is coming out. Terrifier 3. Oh, nice. nice. Awesome. I can't wait. And I can't wait because I've never seen that movie in theaters, and I would love to watch Terrifier 2 in theaters and see the teaser trailer for Terrifier 3. Yeah, Yeah, I think you might have to make a trip out for that. Yeah, you got to be our guy on the street. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking I will. I mean, it's just like to me, I'm a... I'm excited for that. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Hydroberg. There is going to be probably going to be garbage bags in that. But... I would take your lunch there in a garbage bag, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hydroberg, you should throw on your trash bag and go to the theater wearing yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I did see. Statement. I'm a trash man. Spirit <laughs> Halloween. I'm a trash. Has, yeah, Spirit <laughs> Halloween now has the Art the Clown costume. Nice. Like, cool. like, like, nice. like on the end cast, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this this movie is mm-hmm. going to be fucking dope. I, I, again, um, we're going to review it as soon as it comes out. Once Hollywood comes off of um, strike. Me and Anna actually got a photo off with uh, Art the Clown. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. The horror Hound. Yeah, it was fun. Did so you guys actually rad. talk to him? And, and, and I'm sorry to like like go behind the scenes, but did you talk to him? He you you he, didn't he really did, get to. It was really, really fast. Like, you didn't really get to talk. Oh, okay. It was <laughs> just like he Marley, did that really creepy smile and just went. Argh. He let Marley uh, squeak his uh, honker horn. That's yeah. amazing. Oh really? Picture. That's yeah. So cool. <laughs> Well, all I have to say is, if some kid does not come to my door this Halloween trick-or-treating in an Art the Clown costume, I'm going to be pissed. Yes, exactly. Yes. I feel the same way. Yeah, I expect yeah. Art the Clown at my door this year. Right. I expect yes. at least two or three, at least. Yeah. yeah I'm sure all the parents are running out to get that costume. <laughs> oh, shut up. I get, I'll give candy to anybody who's trick-or-treating. I don't care if they're a teenager or whatever. Like, I'll give candy to whoever. It's Halloween. Hell yeah. You need to make like a decapitated head uh, and like put candy yeah, put in it. Put the candy in it. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Here, I'll yeah. give you two choices, kids. Here's a decapitated head with candy in it. And here's a trash bag filled with sharp objects <laughs> and pieces of metal and stuff and rusty forks. Yeah. 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 My, my husband will, will definitely not divorce me after if I do that and uh, take all of our little kids with him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Well, that's good news, John. I'm happy to yes. hear that. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, did you know G- Guillermo del Toro is making a Frankenstein movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I heard back. about that. Yeah. He's such a perfect choice for that. I love that that directing choice. Agreed. Yeah, because he's good with like yeah. gothic romance, like stuff yes. like, and there's a lot of that in Frankenstein. So mm-hmm. I feel like. And he's good with like a misunderstood character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It'll be, Definitely. It'll be awesome, I bet. Do we know like, any more information about that movie? I, I do, because Cinema Slab actually kind of gave it away a little bit that the cast is going to be fucking awesome. <clears throat> Mia Goth, Oscar yes. Isaac, Andrew yes. Garfield, and yes. just signed Christoph Waltz. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh I love God, everything you just said. So oh, my God. When I, is this coming? Who plays the monster? Uh, Hydraberg. Hydraberg plays Waltz. the monster. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't. I didn't know if I we, knew, if we had that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. I read it. I read it on Bloody Disgusting. So I, I saw you playing the monster, Hydraberg. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Oh. No, no. Again, guys, I got to preface this by saying that Hollywood is on strike. It's not officially over yet. So I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Well, the writer's yeah. strike is over, but I think the a- the actor's strike is still going on, right? Yeah. yeah. The actor's strike yeah. is still continuing. Which I feel like that yes. should probably end soon. Yeah. But who knows? Well, well the reason why the actors went on strike was because of the to writers. To support the writers, right? Yeah. Mainly. Yeah. Oh, was that like, it? Yeah. Mostly, yep. yeah. Because they already got money. <laughs> well, not, no, not, not all majority of them. I get them. it. Like, it's really kind of like a small percent, like the most visible kind of big stars. But yeah, like, of course, most of the people and the stuff we watch are not like the big stars. But the uh, the writers, I feel like we were definitely I feel like they because they get really gypped. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. And like they're Agreed. all the creativity yeah. behind these movies. Exactly. Like, it starts with a yeah. script. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. And, with an idea from a writer, mm-hmm. you like you have to pay them. Yeah. They're worth the money. Well, yeah. I'm glad that it sounds like things have been resolved in a way that's satisfactory to the writers' union and in a way that's gonna compensate these talented writers fairly. Yeah. Uh, uh so, so, so was, my last story, Hydrabird, will you please tell us that you actually saw the Exorcist Believer before it came right, out? I saw I, I saw it. The cat's okay. out of the bag. I saw it months ago. <laughs> but I signed an NDA, so I couldn't talk about it on the show. Okay. Please tell us what you thought about the movie without spoiling it. All right. So I saw an unfinished version of it. The story was finished, basically, but there were still some sure. special effect elements that need to be added in, some more musical cues, and then like proper title qu- credits and end credits. But oh, um, interesting. Okay. Dang, that was really wrong. For, for the most part, I mean, there was still special effects, but you could see there was a couple parts where there was like a, this thing there that definitely looked like it needed to be touched up some more. Um, at least I'm assuming so. <laughs> like a but, hanging string or something like that. Of, yeah, I didn't. So I didn't. I, to be or honest, or like I didn't go into it knowing exactly what it was, but I had a suspicion it was The Exorcist when we went in because it's like a blind screening. And okay. then it turned out to be The Exorcist. And it wasn't. Look, I don't think it needed to be made at all, to be honest. Like, that's where I stand. I mean. But it wasn't yeah. like as bad as I anticipated either. Like, and I didn't like the Halloween friend, uh, like trilogy really. So, uh, oh. but I don't think it's gonna win anybody over. But I think it, I think it's gonna get hate before people even see it. They're just gonna go into it like fuck this thing. And I can understand. I, under- I mean, with good that, reason. Yeah, That's yeah, not I get totally it. unreasonable. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I'm gonna throw one little argument into that. Is that this movie was made for thirty million dollars? It was released and made $45 million. However, for Universal to get the rights of The Exorcist, they paid $400 million for it. Wow. They paid almost half a million dollars for the rights to The Exorcist? That shit isn't Star Wars. What are they going to build? a? Yeah. (laughs) It's supposed to be a trilogy. It's, I know. Yeah, <laughs> David Lord of the Green. Rings. Like, what the fuck's yeah. gonna happen next? Yeah. David yeah. Gordon Green is supposed to direct the next two movies. However, <laughs> he says, "I'm not going to direct the next two movies of this because he doesn't want to take the heat." Yeah. Well, there this you go. This all seems like a very questionable business decision. <laughs> like, yeah. Agreed. Jacqueline, I agree with you 100. percent 400 million dollars. Okay, so you made your money back. You 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 spent. $30 million on this made back $15 million, which was $45 million, what it made it at the box office. But how is that making the $400 million back to buying the franchise? I mean, I guess of- they're counting on collect, like, because it's only been out for one one week. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. like, they're going to count on that accumulated and then international box office and, or and, and you know, DVDs streaming or deals Blu-rays and, or- and streaming deals and all that. And plus, you know, two but, more but, movies to come. We I'm can't sure talk about it'll make 400, but we can't talk about streaming right now because I mean, how much is streaming re- making right now? This is the problem with the Hollywood strike. Well, right? I don't know what the deals look like for those. Like, what do production companies get? And you know, how much do they get in those streaming deals? Like, how much do they get paid to allow their products to be on those platforms? I don't know. So, but I don't know. I have a feeling that after, I mean, people will still go see them even if they're not good. And I feel like, yeah, it's not, un- it's not totally unreasonable to think that it could make over 400 million when it's all said and done. Yeah. So break even, that's what we have to do. Perfect. All right. I mean, yeah. I, I think it, it's not going to be easy, but I think it's possible. Yeah, I agree. Anybody else see Saw over the weekend? 
No. But I want to. Is it good? I do too. I actually Jack- like for once I was able to get out of the house. Like <laughs> I saw your post. I was like, ooh. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have very mixed feelings about it. Um, have y'all listened to the straight chilling episode on it yet? No, I haven't. Oh, no, you can spoil. I don't care. Well, I, I don't want to spoil, spoil it film, on the show. It's like, brand yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, don't spoil it. Um, I can't really spoil. Well, they, I'll just say bottom line. Spoiler for their show. Um, they hated it. So <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I and I can't argue with them. I don't hate it as much as they did, but like they make some extremely valid points, and I think it's like complicated at best. Mm. Yeah. So. Mm. On, on a certain level, I think it's really enjoyable, but like if your brain is functioning at all while watching it, it's going to be problematic in some ways. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll give it a watch. I see. I see. <laughs> I've watched all the other ones. I've got, I'll have to watch Me too. this one too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say don't go see it. I just, it's like I said, on a certain level, it's just like enjoyable. Yeah. Right. Well, that 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 review has not swinged me in the level of like going to watch it. So if it comes out on a streaming app, I can watch it. I will. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm definitely not like discouraging you from it because if you enjoy the franchise, I think like you'll enjoy this movie. Sure. Uh, but Straight yeah. Chilling does make some extremely valid points about stuff that's going on. Got it. So that's all I'll say. Got it. But I was just happy no. to get out of the house. So. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was worth it. Yeah. Well, that's all the news I got. So. All right. Anybody cool. else? Uh, Hydroberg. Uh, yeah, there was there was a trailer real quick that I just saw the uh, before. What was it? The Night Swim. Night Swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? Yeah. It played before Saw. Saw. Oh, it did. Yeah. yeah. It just oh, okay. it looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably lower budget. I mean, I can't really tell exactly what it's about. <clears throat> it looks like it's taking place mainly in this one scene. In a pool, but I don't know if there's yeah. like more to the pool. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I know you shook your head. You're like, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like I didn't water. That. You don't like water yeah. movies? No. That's why you draw, draw the line. You draw it at water. Well, I mean, just like <laughs> water and not no. If something's getting me in the water, like I don't know, that just scares me, and it scares me in movies too. Like I'm like, oh, don't yeah. go in there, you know. So, it's like yeah. when a piece of seaweed touches your leg when you go yes. on the beach, and you're like, yeah. what the fuck was that? Oh, she would and die. I'm in the river swimming, and like a stick touches me. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get out. <laughs> stick touches. It's me. an eel. <laughs> Hannah sent me this video on Instagram, and it was like somebody swimming in the ocean, and it goes deep down, and it's black. And I was like, why would you send me this? It ended up being funny at the end. There was a joke, but. Yeah, I was like, why would you do this to me? Hannah is cracking up right now. <laughs> I know. It's like an evil, <laughs> sadistic laugh. <laughs> when he, when Hydraberg sent me that trailer to, uh, to uh, watch it, I uh, that was the first thing I thought about. I was like, oh my gosh, Anna is not going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> because I sent her that. I literally did not send that to scare her seriously. I sent it because it was something funny at the mm-hmm. very Yeah, end. sure. Yeah. Likely story, <laughs> Hannah. Totally to believe that. you. Yeah, but but to get to the funny ending, she had to go through a little bit of, of trauma. I'm sorry. I ended but, up doing it, but I don't but, know if it was worth did. it in the long run. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I love the fact that it was like playing off that, that Marco Polo game. Yeah. Where, like, you know, and, and it was like like being a pool. And I think we've all been in a pool where somebody's playing Marco Polo. But I, I, I thought that was kind of rad. I yeah. did too. Um, I I thought the theme that they were going for worked in that one scene. If they if there's more, you know, around that, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's hard to tell if there's any story around it. I mean, just based sure. on the trailer, it looks like it could just be called Something's in the Water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> as long as it's not Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. It's, it's called on, It's in the Deep End. Directed by Rob Zombie. I don't know. Oh, my oh, God. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm he just sorry. loves to do that. He can't ever get past the news before dropping it. He's got ZD. Yeah, He's got what? ZD. It's like ED, but with uh, Rob Zombie. Zombie dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I did recognize that. Um, I guess he's like the dad in the trailer. Uh-huh. He he was in Under the Banner of Heaven, which Anna oh. told me to watch on Hulu. And he played one of the brothers in it. And he was really good in it. Was it Wyatt so, Russell? Huh? Was it Wyatt Russell? Kurt yeah. Russell? That's, yeah, that is. Oh, yeah, that's his son. son. Yeah, that's Kurt yeah. I've never seen him yeah. in anything. Kurt and Goldie's son. Yeah, he was in Un- Under the Banner of Heaven. He was in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He was like the bad Captain America. Yeah, the U.S. agent. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Shit. I didn't know that. He's pretty good, actually. He's not bad. Yeah, he was, in, um, yeah, he was no. in an episode of uh, Black Mirror like a while back. He was in that VR one. Yes, he was. The v- yeah, he was the guy doing the VR experiment. Yeah, he's making some Godzilla move. Uh, Apple Plus TV show with Kurt oh, yeah. Russell, I think, right? Like yeah. they uh-huh. play Monarch each other. Legacy Monarch Legacy, Legacy, yeah. Yeah, they play each other in the past and the present, which is cool. Which, by the way, I gave the thing five stars. <laughs> <laughs> just, to mo- just to remind you all, yeah, just, just in case Kurt Russell or his sons listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we better get going on Dawn of the Dead. What do you say? Yeah. Yes. All right. John, this is technically your pick. Not really, because it just kind of happened to line up. Um, But I see you have the uh, Blu-ray, or is that the 4K? No, this is actually the DVD. Oh. Because back back in the day, we had DVDs. It is. (laughs) I'm just teasing you. Okay, so. So I'm not going to ask you why you picked this movie, because you didn't really pick it. But I will say. Does it fuck or suck? Please start us off. Okay. So this movie is like your third sexual experience and it was fantastic. And you just go, oh my God, I think back to that. You're not going to marry that person. However, you're going to think back to it and probably um, take care of yourself. Um, but this movie fucks. Self love. It's important. Yeah, self love is important. Self love is self care. Self self love. But you okay. find out um what you're made of, and this uh this movie fucks absolutely. All right, Anna, what do you say? Um, I kind of disagree with John in the fact that this movie does fuck, but this is a fuck that you marry and that this is a good comfort (laughs) fuck that you can always go back to. It's always going to be good every time. And yeah, it never gets old. You bring this one home to mama, huh? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Hannah, does it fuck or does it suck? Well, um, I don't cuss on the pod, so I'm going to say... So sorry, I didn't say that before we got on. Um, but I'm gonna say it freaks. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's it's great. It's a masterpiece. It gets better every time I watch it. I was telling Anna earlier, um, you know, it's one of her comfort movies. She absolutely adores this movie. And I was telling her, I was like, I can see how it is a comfort movie. Like the more I watch it, I just fall yeah, I just fall more in love with it every time. So yeah, it definitely right. freaks. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, Hunter, does it freak or does it fuck or does it suck or does it do nothing? What does it do? What does it do, Hunter? All the above. Uh, I, I just, you know, 
me as a zombie lover, first and foremost, I just, this movie is just everything to me. Uh, I can remember, you know, really getting heavy into zombies, you know, when The Walking Dead started coming mm. out, I was in high school and it was really popular. And then I started to dig into that. And then that led me to Romero. And then I just remember like Dawn of the Dead was one of those rare horror movies that, you know, people would rip and upload straight to YouTube for free. <laughs> and you just had to go dig in. So that's what I did, you know, when I was a freshman, again, in high school, mm-hmm. I just hit, just typed Dawn of the Dead into YouTube. And there it was, like the full two-hour movie. I was like, ah, well. <laughs> How about that? So, yeah, so I clicked on it, and, like, you know, I had seen clips and everything, but, it, you know, it just blew my mind. Like, I didn't know, like, all this stuff could be done in a horror movie. I didn't know all this stuff could be gotten away with in a horror movie because, like, you know, when it first came out, it was a huge shock. And, you know, to me, I had never seen anything that like that before in my life. Even, you know, seeing the little bit of The Walking Dead, that I had seen, I had never seen anything like Dawn of the Dead, and it just blew my mind. So wow. I would absolutely bring this movie home to Mama. I would probably okay. try to ring on that finger after the first date. All <laughs> right, <laughs> he gets serious right away. He brings a U-Haul. Well, yeah, he said. He, yeah, I think it's. I think it's a freak, yeah. right? A freak. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That's yeah. a freak. All right. Hi, right. Speaking of freaks, uh, hold on, hold on. Oh. I, I'm gonna throw it to yeah. You ruined my first. segue. Shit. Yeah, I know. Bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's the host. <laughs> I know, Heidelberg. You can you can talk later. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Does Hi, this movie? I'm feeling a little or uh... fuck or suck. <laughs> Are you okay, Heidelberg? Yeah, I'm, I know. Feeling, I'm feeling a little salted here. You've been the man that You shouldn't because I changed point. my score. Of the I didn't ask you to change relax. your score. I just literally gave you shit about it. I'm sorry that you put you're a flip flopper. Oh damn! Shots fired. <laughs> anyway, I'll save the day. Anyway, Dawn of the Dead. Thanks. It, yes. It fucks for sure. However, I do have a caveat. Okay. I feel like this is one of those fucks that can go on a little bit long. That you're kind of think you maybe after a while you start thinking about your grocery list and thinking like, <laughs> I wonder if it can you know finish up soon. Um, you know. Maybe could work on its timing a little, but yeah, it's a fuck. Okay, perfect. All right. Go ahead, Jacqueline. Take over. <laughs> Hydraberg, speaking of freaks, Hydraberg, <laughs> what do you think of Dawn of the Dead? Uh, yeah, I think this film's a, it's a fuck that takes you to the mall and tells you to pick out anything you want. So now you're just aching the fuck because you're just you're being spoiled with a lot of the things that you want. But when it's time to do the deed, it disappoints a little. It's not bad per se. It just doesn't have the same climax or skill as the last fuck you had. It's a semi-flaccid fuck. Okay. All right. Interesting. Fair enough. Fair enough. John. Yes. Does it fuck? Uh, yeah, I already said it. Oh, fucked. you did. <laughs> Sorry. All these people, I'm having a hard time keeping track of who went. <laughs> That's right. You were first. <clears throat> All right. Can I spoil it? Uh, after you drop the spoiler warning, yes. Okay. So we're going to spoil uh, Dawn of the Dead 1978. If you haven't yet seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, find out what we thought about it. Thank you. Hydraberg, mm-hmm. do you have a reach around plot Fuck summary? Yes. Oh my God. I'm ready for this one. Wow. John's getting turned on. I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to moist my eyes real quick. Okay. Get them moist. They're actually really dry right now. <laughs> I don't know why. One of them's like bothering me. All right. Yeah, I do have a reach around for the uh, Dawn of the Dead. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. At dusk, we see a woman of the news as nightmares plague her evening snooze. 
Humanity on the brink, about to lose. Her trouble's deep, not solved by booze. Stephen, her man, has the exit plan. Still a chopper, then scram. A plus one on the bird, a Peter Pan. Roger's new friend, a SWAT team captain. A fellow cop who's making it happen. Zombie brains, he's capping. Five survivors on fumes with hopes not to stall. Come across an urban sprawl. They find themselves a suburban mall. We'll land and just grab some supplies. The view from above catches their eyes. The mall is untouched, it's quite the surprise. Fortify the exits and clear out the floors. Dispose of the dead and then raid the stores. Roger got bit, some gnarly gore. A film that's seen as scary, filled with blood and commentary. Francine is pregnant and could miscarry. To raise the child, that's her decision. She sees the world she wants to live in. She'll play the card she's been given. Stephen turns into a monster, but not before Skilly fosters. A lesson learned to fly the copter. A biker gang, our heroes brawl. This home they built begins to fall. The dead they come take back the mall. Take to the skies instead, in search of a new homestead, a place to lay your head in the dawn of the dead. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, yeah. Well done. Awesome. Well done. Thank you. Spitting those rhymes. Yes. Yes. Very so good. Nice. And I say the score is not my favorite thing in the movie, even though Dario Argento had a hand in this score. John. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. Hi. I can it get behind a, that statement. It's it's there's moments where I feel like it does work, and there's I think there's some moments where it's a little funky, maybe. So a little information about that, and I'll get more into this weird arrangement um in trivia, but there's like so many different cuts of this movie. There's like a lot of different cuts. I don't even know which one yeah. we didn't even specify which one we were watching. Oh, no. Um, but so Dario Argento was like technically a script supervisor on this, mm-hmm. which he did. He wasn't really involved that much, but he he kind of like facilitated um, Romero's writing it. But he also part of their deal was that he would get to control any international cuts and um, and manage the international soundtrack. And so he had Goblin do the score for the Italian version. And John, uh, I almost just said John Carpenter, George Romero liked it so much that he used part of the goblin score in his original cut so it's like a mishmash it's a melange mm. if you will oh of, yeah. of the goblin score <laughs> and whoever did the other music so like i'm pretty sure that like the two hour and 19 minute cut there's like both did um that's the one i watched did you watch it on I youtube too yeah. yeah yeah so no, no, i didn't watch a... it on youtube but that's the one i oh, watched okay. There, there's a there's a, a mishmash of goblin score and then some schmoes score. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think the goblin part of the score works the best, and it's pretty distinctive. Like oh, yeah. if yeah. you've ever seen anything scored by goblin, like you'll they're pretty recognizable right off the bat. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. Watch anything from Dario Argento. I mean, that's that's who he uses. Is this technically supposed to be zombie, like the first one, or like no? Technically, technically it's zombie yeah. two. Zombie two. Yeah, but oh, okay. zombie Z O M B I. Because was perfect. So it was marketed in Italy as Zombie Two. Yeah, because I've seen some posters, international posters with that on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like Fulci, I don't think he had made his movie Zombie yet, and so I don't know why the Italian version was called Zombie Two, but it was. Well, I, I I love this movie, so I <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole, and it's just like you know, um, I went to Italy and I went to go talk to um, what's his name? Um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Um, 
Argento. Argento. And he stayed in an apartment in Italy and he wrote the entire script in like three and a half weeks. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was like, okay, so you can write that. Um, I don't know. I I just went that down this rabbit hole and it was weird because it was like, we're gonna give you this much movie or this much money for this movie and then um make it and then he got more money, I guess, from Italy or Europe. Yeah, there like he had started writing it to begin with and then kind of ground to a halt and he was out of funds. And so that's right. where Argento kind of picked things up. He heard that right. he was like at a standstill with it. And he was like, here, I will help finance you come to Italy and get your work done in peace. And he pretty much stayed hands off and let Romero. He wasn't like inserting himself into the creative process. It's pretty cool that wanted- they were kind of helping each other out, though. Yeah. yeah. And so he basically just wanted the rights to like make his own cuts for international mm-hmm. audiences and be able to do like the soundtrack the way he wanted or the, mm. the score. Sorry, not the soundtrack. So, yep. So, so go ahead, Hyderberg. I just was curious, like time wise, is this, does this take place like technically 10 years after the last time? And did the last time actually happen in this world? Like there was no 68. I mean, uh, yeah, 68 outbreak, right? So so, so this is the, the thing I really like about this cycle, which is that like there's like a weird time thing happening where like the movies are produced X number of years apart. But and this like the the aesthetic and like the time like the environment that you see in the setting it changes like it looks of the moment like the 60s one looks 60s and the 70s one looks 70s yeah. and the 81 like yeah. looks 80 but somehow time is like compressed in this there is a mention that the events of this movie are taking place or like the beginning of this movie it's taking place three weeks after the zombie outbreak and okay. so i think it is yeah. assuming that the event it's like indirectly assuming that the events of the previous movie happened this is like a, technically a continuation of it but i don't feel like there are direct references to it so that's happening now instead of 1968 you would assume like night of living dead sort of happening at the same time on a ranch so like you know just a, before like yeah, three weeks right before where were you gonna mm-hmm. hunter you were gonna say something that's what i was gonna say it oh, was okay. just sorry hunter. in the talk show no you're good you're good i, was I wasn't sure if you had that. like a juicy nug of trivia that we didn't know about oh no not right there oh. <laughs> thanks Polly shore <laughs> some nugs <laughs> yeah so do you guys do you what do you guys think of that weird timeline compression thing like the movies are produced at certain times <clears throat> and like the setting of each movie is of its time but like the timeline of the zombie outbreak is all like packed together uh-huh. what do you guys think about that kind of weird choice it doesn't really bother me uh as long as the story they're telling in those time frames is cool like i don't know that's all that really matters to me in all these films is cool zombie stuff, some human drama. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm just curious about it more than anything. It doesn't ruin the film for me to be like, oh, man, it doesn't, there's no continuity. And when they're um, when they're in the helicopter and one scene flying over when we see the army and, and everybody, that kind of feels like that rural rural farmland, you know, that we yeah, were in, does. in Night of the Living yeah. Dead. So it's the it same kind be, of landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Could be around the same area. Mm-hmm. So I think the important thing about the continuity in these movies is that they progress, you know, like there's not direct references from one to the next. Like you don't have to have seen one to see the next one, you know, like you can watch them out of sequence. But I think what's important is that the thing that's different in each of them is like how advanced the zombie plague has become. 
So yeah, like yeah. in the first one, it's just beginning and people are just starting to be aware of it. In Dawn of the Dead, yeah. it's already in full swing and yeah. certain thing, certain parts of society are starting to break down. And I read an interview. Uh, I have it in my trivia. I'll, I'll have to get to it later. But somebody, I forget if it was Tom Savini or Romero himself, but somebody was like, the this movie takes place at like the kind of critical mass tipping point in the zombie play where the number of zombies is roughly equal to the number of humans. So mm. that's where we yeah. are. And then mm. when we get to next week and we're talking about Dawn of the Dead, that, <clears throat> you know, we've we've gone past that tipping point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the important thing that changes from movie to movie. It's like where we are in the apocalypse. And that's, um, I think, you know, kind of the uh, night, dawn, day, et cetera. I think Romero was high when he did this because he wanted to add humor to this movie. And he did. I mean, it was fine. Um, it's like dark. I, I, it really is. And it was like like Argento did the music for this or or at least contributed to this. Yeah. And it was just like uh, some of it was like, uh, you know, going from last week that uh, doing Night of Living Dead to doing this movie mm-hmm. it was like i don't know I, I i didn't connect with the score i can hear i mean it was I and, and, and it's like like okay yeah you hear that music i guess if you're young enough to remember of this carnival type <laughs> dong, 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 whatever it was i mean it, it is sort of like, reminiscent of that yeah that carnival yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it gets a yeah. little silly like music yeah. boxy um it really does that's what rem- I mean, that's what Romero wanted. It was supposed to be comedic. Yeah. Um. I I was watching the Dawn of the Dead documentary earlier, and uh, yeah, he he was like, I don't even know why people think this movie's scary. It's supposed to be funny, <laughs> and he he yeah. was saying he finds it funny. Uh, you know that uh, it it was about consumerism, and that mm-hmm. even in a zombie apocalypse, these people were staying in this mall, and you know they had it made. <laughs> like yeah. Right. You know, they had food, they had shelter, they had clothes. I mean, guns, ammo. Medical supplies. Yeah. yeah. Food, yeah. Morphine. 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 Where the fuck are they, are they keeping the morphine at the mall? It's at That's the morphine yeah, store. Yeah, Come on, your mall doesn't have a morphine <laughs> store? Jacqueline, get with the times. Oh, it was back goodness. in the bank when they were, like, doing that picture of, like, hey, look at all this stack of cash. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, they got to do all kinds of stuff in that mall. Like, they were talking about in that documentary. Like, they just let them do whatever. Like, yeah. you know, can you imagine motorcycles just going inside yeah. the mall? The car, too. Cars. Yeah, the car. Oh, Several cars. Gosh. Yeah, yeah they said madness. that the motorcycles were, like, so loud, <laughs> you know, just being oh. in that enclosed space. Absolutely. They messed up the tile in the mall too that they had to pay. To yeah. Pay. yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, you like you said, Jacqueline. It does the movie just kind of just opens right. Uh, we just open right on um yep. Francine and just like she's having a nightmare, and then boom, there's a title card, and that's it. And like you said, we're at the moment of like the news is starting to like fall apart. Um, people are getting you know anxiety. They're starting to think about exit strategies, and that's when Stevens like we you know. I got a helicopter for us. We're going to get out of here. You got to meet mm-hmm. me at nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, I just, th- I thought there's like a sense of urgency to this beginning scene that I do think is good. It's, it's, I, I like it. And I also noticed Romero, he's at the control panel in the, um, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, Romero, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, spot. Yeah, 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 him and his wife. 
or ex-wife, I guess. Oh, yeah. well, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Something that I like about that early scene is, and that it kind of reappears later in the movie, is they have this um, doctor or scientist of some sort on this like talk show who's trying to give information about what's going on mm-hmm. and what theories about what you know is happening and what we need to do, like what action steps people need to take to protect themselves and to survive this plague. And this other guy on the talk show is like totally like shooting him down and like arguing with him and like, you're a hack and you just want to mislead the American people. And it's like, it really was kind of an, a, a pre, like a preview of some of the stuff that we saw during COVID. I'm, I'm so, I'm sorry, but we're, I just can't like keep myself. It's going to come up COVID like, throughout during, the movies. Obviously we're talking movies, about like a virus. I feel like this yep. movie more than any other kind of like, preemptively reflected some of the experiences that we've had during the COVID pandemic, um, like long-term, kind of our long-term experiences. Because in this movie, we see kind of a recurring theme of like mistrust of scientific experts and medical authorities. Yeah. And this movie really portrays like an ongoing sense of isolation in a lot of ways. Like there's that scene kind of uh, after... I keep mixing up Roger and Peter, but the scene after Roger has turned into a zombie and Peter shot him, that it's just mm-hmm. the three of them left. And you can feel this like tension between them. You can tell that they've been together for too long, mm-hmm. cooped up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension. And so all these things together really kind of like preemptively reflected, I think, how a lot of us were feeling during COVID. And it's just kind of, it's a little shocking to see this portrayed on film when we just lived it like 50 years later. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jacqueline, I, I agree with you. But I, the one thing watching this again was like these childhood fantasies of going into KB toy stores <laughs> with nobody around being able to build the Legos I want to play with or yeah. GI Joes that I wanted to grab. And you know, do a war with. I mean, mm-hmm. like to me, that was like the ultimate fantasy of going into a mall and it's like, who is going to fuck with you? you? You go in there and you grab your toys that you want or, or you know, going to a Cinnabon or whatever it was, you know, I was just like, this was awesome. It mm-hmm. was like, holy shit, this is, yeah, this is what I wanted. Yeah, I think not for a real- short term. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, not realizing what they were going through, you know, obviously with the zombies coming through or like worrying about something else coming in. But I mean, it's like like seeing this movie as a kid, seven, eight years old, going, dude, if I can go into a KB toy stores and grab any Legos I wanted or G.I. Joe's that I wanted and play with it, I would I would be totally happy. I know what yeah. John's getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and so John, I think you're absolutely right. And it's it's like to an extent, the mall setting at first is like almost kind of like a fantasy fulfillment. That's like, mm-hmm. oh, imagine you're in the mall and you have anything you need. But we also see how that gradually turns to a sense of like feeling imprisoned and feeling yeah. really isolated. And it's like they're still empty. Like they can get anything they want, but they're not mm-hmm. living life. You Just know? like consumerism, yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't fill the hole. But that's as you become an adult, you realize that though. So that's the thing. As a kid, it it looks super fun. Yeah, and as a as an adult, you're like that's consumerism. Yeah, they do have to work pretty hard too to to clear it out, and and before they can even start raiding the stores and living like pretty you know pretty decent life there for a little while. Yeah, exactly right. Their plan was really good too. 
you know, but John, as, you're right. It takes some it takes some like life experience and some maturity to recognize like sure. this is not all it's cracked up to be. Right. But when you watch it when you're young, you go to like, yes, look at this. Oh my God, you got an entire mall, Cinnabons, KB toy stores. Um I have a feeling records. Hannah and Hunter and Anna might be too young to remember KB. Oh no, I grew no, up on KB I toys. On KB. About- oh, okay. right. oh yeah. Anna. <laughs> Hannah, you guys. Tower Records. I do like the I've scene too it. when they get in there and um Peter turns everything on. And like we get like just all the zombies start coming out at that point. And they're like falling yeah. into the fountains yeah. and shit and bumping into stuff. Yeah. And the music's playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they all look like they come back to life. You know, like they even have that moment when they're looking down when she says, like, what are they doing? And uh, Peter's saying, like, uh, I don't know. They're drawn to this place by instinct. It's like this place had meaning in their life. And I feel like, yeah, yeah like there's so many little mm-hmm. things that speak on the consumerism of just like how we're drawn to things too, the human nature, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and he totally did that with this first movie 10 years before this. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like yeah. a social commentary on things that were going on. And, you know, this was an extension yeah. of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, well, just jumping ahead a little bit. Ultimately, you know, the love of consumerism killed Stephen in the end because mm-hmm. he didn't want to give up the mall. Yeah, uh, you know, even though they were isolated and and you know they they it was probably time for them to get out of there. You know, mm-hmm. he he didn't want to give it up, and that I thought that was really you know I thought that was really impactful. Um, you know that he he thought that you know he wanted to stay there so bad that he ri- I mean he risked all their lives. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he fires first. You know, he yeah. goes off script and just says, "No, we took it. We work. You yeah, know, ours. yeah, you're not gonna have it. Yeah." Yeah. So I did want to point out a contrast, though, between the way our heroes like exist in the mall setting versus when the motorcycle gang shows up and how they want to exist in in that setting. I feel like for the most part, our heroes like mainly just take what they need to Mm -hmm. like live, plus like a little bit extra for comfort and fun. Like they're, you know, they're taking advantage of the ability to like have some fun, have some form of like escapism from like the absolute horror that's happening outside of the mall. Um, But for the most part, it's like they're not greedy and they're not like running amok. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're taking what they need plus a little bit more and they're like content with that. It's like it feels reasonable to me. Practical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are two great scenes of like, um, I think uh, it was... um, the big piece of cheese and then the bread. And it was just like, like, oh, hey, look, I got this. Nope, I got this. And it was just like, they laugh about it, that, which was yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just at I, home. Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. I, and Jacqueline, I, I think if you watch the remake from 2004, is that they take more advantage of that. Like mm-hmm. like they stay up in the in the attic and they build their own like little apartment or mm-hmm. home up mm-hmm. there and they're not taking what they don't need. They're just taking yeah, things that okay, they would enjoy. Yeah. But by contrast, like the motorcycle gang ar- arrives and it's like there's much more of a tone of like like they have a desire for destruction. Yeah. You know, like there's yeah. more of a destructive instinct in there. Mm-hmm. And they're stealing just to steal and they're destroying things just to destroy and this is going to sound weird but like even the way they treat the zombies is like 
disrespectful. Yeah, they just like yeah. kick them, spin them around, and yeah, throw so, in their faces. Uh-huh. Yeah, our heroes, they they'll defend it. Like I'm not saying like that they shouldn't consider them to be threats to their lives because they are. Sure. But our heroes, they kill them when they need to. Um, but they're not like. I almost feel like the motorcycle gang is like trying to like humiliate and debase the the zombies in a way like the pies in the face and stealing the jewelry off their hands yeah it has a weird sadistic feeling to it like i'll tell you something like when i was younger um i kind of like half expected them to like rape the zombies oh my god like i just have this feeling like they want to like humiliate and almost torture them and it's like it had this icky feeling of like bullies teasing like a smaller child or somebody who's less intelligent or less mature than i don't know it sounds weird because you're talking about zombies that can literally end your life but it's they a just, different tone from the yeah. way our heroes deal with that if that makes but any they, sense but they yeah the, the the motorcycle gang totally pillaged this entire mall and it was just yeah. like but but our heroes also did the same thing however they did it more in a polite manner yeah, well, they took what they needed like that yeah no i would because Hydroberg, i'm gonna say is that they went into the bank and it's just like okay let's grab a couple of oh yeah that, of, that's like a joke though it's like look the money's useless you know let's we'll take some but like, it was more like, they're entertaining I mean, themselves because I mean, that's where they were staying I mean, biker gangs just take shit they don't need for no reason i know but ken Forey even says it's like hey you never know and just give yeah. it to Steve. But I still know? think that's different. I think it's a different thing. Like, no, I but they're, they're, they're not being malicious about it. But they're also saying that we're in this position of, like, you know, ap- apocalyptic uh, thing going on. Is that, okay, well, you never know. Well, I mean, and... nobody owns this shit anymore. Obviously, they're going to take stuff. But True. I just think there's a difference between the way they do it. I also think, yeah, personally... The biker gang is the worst part of this film, in my opinion. I just I agree. It's I agree. tonally, it doesn't fit for me. It gets silly no. pies to the face, yeah. and then yeah. seltzer water. What are we clowns? Yeah. Like I don't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, I take. I love Tom Servini. I think we get some great gore in this scene. Yeah. Absolutely, but it's the worst scene in the movie to me tonally, and I think it undercuts Stephen's death too, because it happens during that moment. I think Stephen's death was. Uh, like you said, he did get himself killed because he shot first, uh, ultimately. Yeah. So that's what kind of caused it. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just like and, and at this point in the film, too, I'd come around to Steven's character because they paint him like he's yeah. a, kind of like a dick in the beginning. And he's not like the best yeah. guy either at all. But he never goes full like asshole like I thought he was going to do. Like he yeah. still tries to do the right thing most times. He's just like he's not Peter and he's not Roger. He's, like, like emotionally stupid. Yeah. Like, he's not yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. intelligent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's so I was like weird. Feelings. I was I was hope I was kind of like, all right, I'm just going to totally hate this dude. I could tell. And then like I watched it. I was like, you know what? His arc isn't that bad. Like he does teach her how to fly the helicopter eventually. And, like, yeah. you know, I mean, he like kind of dies. You know, he goes out like swinging. At least he didn't go out like a little bitch the whole time. He tried to get away, but he took that shot to the arm like a champ. He didn't. He like bit his, his yeah, hand. Didn't even make didn't noise. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he uh, didn't start out that way. He started out feeling very inadequate. Yeah, and so he did yeah. not know how to fire a gun, and nope. I mean, Peter. Oh, he didn't know him. how at all. Yeah, and yeah. He almost shot Peter. Yeah, but I feel like there was kind of a character change with him a little bit whenever he did kind of become one of the guys. Like he mm. started disregarding um, 
what's the woman's uh, friend's Francine. name? Francine. Yeah, I started disregarding like what she wanted and what she had to say, and like her input didn't matter. And because she was pregnant, that just meant meant she was fragile, and her opinion didn't mean anything. That conversation okay. about her pregnancy too. That is kind of a rough because she's not even involved in the conversation. Mm-hmm. She's in the next. And, and uh, yeah. I, I, I semi disagree only because like our, our two other characters are <clears> like, <throat> hey, no, we got to listen to her because she comes out. Yeah, there, there's a really powerful uh, scene where she comes out and she's like, listen to me. I don't care if you know I'm pregnant. Yeah. I want a say in mm-hmm. whatever we do. Yep. It took her standing up for herself for Peter to be like, okay, fair enough. What, yeah, and know, I do like that scene. Well, I like yeah. that she she took well, that for herself. Yeah, he he does shift after that. He's just like, okay, yeah, yeah okay, that's yeah. fine. Because he's other guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She even um says something yeah. to to um Stephen when he comes into the room after the conversation about the pregnancy outside. Because Peter's like, oh, do you want to abort it? I know how if you do, and it's like it's it's her First body, of all, it's her why baby. Does he know how to? Do I know that's question. weird. Like, I know it's like a, is that a cop thing? I don't know. Like I yeah, I know how to get rid of babies. I've delivered them, and I can get rid of them too. I don't Three know. Like, said the them. same thing. Like, yeah, it's a weird thing. Oh, oh. I don't know what it was trying to say, but He's I also like, I was how. hoping that it was like a gesture to him to tell relay this to Francine that if that's something she wants, we can do that. Like, mm-hmm. but they talk about it like she's not even there. She can hear them. Right. She's in the next room. It's kind of it's very fucked up. I'm curious yeah. to hear what Hunter thinks about this. Go ahead. Maybe nerd from you. About the whole, you, you know, I just, I agree with her 100%. Because, I mean, if I was in that scenario, the last thing I would want to be is second fiddle or third wheel or last place or anything like that. Especially mm-hmm. in that kind of scenario. And knowing, like, especially if I was in her situation, knowing how fragile that I was or that I would, because at the beginning, she's not really, you know, I guess she's not really, you know, showing. So it's it's kind of harder to tell, and she can, you know, get around a lot better. But towards the end of the movie, she's further along, so she does get more fragile in the end. So, but, you know, at the beginning, she does say, no, I have my uses. And, you know, she does. She learned, Like, she goes to the shooting range with Steven. She's arguably a better shot than he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. She saves and, Rogers, but... but I mean... A storm tr- or a zombie, the the zombie that grabs the gun from Roger in that one scene probably has a better aim than uh, Steven. <laughs> He's got that gun later too, so. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I just feel like she's such a great character, and she's such a step up from Barbara in Not of the Living Dead. Which exactly, I, mean, I know Barbara is kind of a product of her time, and to an extent, Francine is too, because. Oh, yeah. At the very beginning of the movie, you know, she still has, I mean, oh my God, the part in the airport kills me. With the hammer. Especially when Steven is like trying to deal with that one zombie and she's just like standing there. Yeah. Just like doing the Pick jig. Like trying Pick up to the hammer. Out what the heck she's supposed to do. Or push it over to Steven like, so he can get it. Yeah. And then like uh, in the documentary, she goes on to talk like George wanted me to scream. And I said, no. And I was like. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so that's why you just kind of look dumb and sad. Yeah, I was like, I was like, it make a little bit more sense if you were screaming, but I mean, you're just standing there, just like. I like that scene, except for that, like that part. I was definitely putting my notes. I'm like, oh, this is worse than Barbara right now. Like, yeah. thankfully she comes around. But I do like yeah. that scene too. That at that same moment, Peter's hears something in that uh, room, right? I like that scene that he shoots adult level where he thinks an adult would yeah. be right, and then it turns out it's some little kids in there. 
Yeah. And then he fucking oh, guns yeah. him down because that's what you got to you get. You got to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those were uh, Tom Savini's niece yeah. and nephew. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They're not scarred at all, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> not They're desensitized They're to it by now. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. But Hunter, I agree with everything you said about the character of um, Fran. I, I definitely agree. She's a, a nice, like, step up from the character of Barbara. And from what I understand, it sounds like she really advocated, like, the actress who played her really <clears throat> advocated for that character. Oh, yeah, she You did. mentioned how yeah. she said she didn't want to scream because she thought it would, like, make her character seem more weak it would like oh uh, okay she yeah. wanted she wanted to be like a tough girl and so i wish she grabbed the hammer then and at least tried to like hit the guy <laughs> yeah yeah well hindsight's 2020 20, i guess yeah. <laughs> but i do think she does have an arc you know what i mean she she has yeah, yeah and they don't they don't i don't feel that thankfully the the pregnancy is never like a thing that they lean on too much about her character like it's there um obviously mm-hmm. it's a worry you know she's worried about it but she decides to keep the baby and um, it's obviously something that gives her character some some more depth. But I think her yeah. just as a person has uh, a decent amount of depth, um, especially, like you said, in comparison to um, like uh, one of the main female leads of the last film that we watched. Yeah, Barbara. Yeah, I like that. I like that. She asserts herself. She's like, I want to be part of the group. I teach me how to shoot the gun and I want to learn how to fly the helicopter. Like that's it's not just I'm not just being demanding. I like it's smart for one of us to know. Yeah. yeah. Steven seems yeah, I, like rankled by that for some yeah, reason. For a I think minute, he, it's yeah. like offensive he, to his masculine sensibilities. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, it's uh, definitely something he's got to deal with. Yeah. And he comes yeah. finally to grips with it. Like, thankfully. Mm-hmm. It takes I love enough, that. Uh, I just love that scene, though, when Fran, when she, you know, it's morning and she comes out and she says, I would have had breakfast ready, but, you know, I didn't have any pots and pans. Yeah. I love that line. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like so jabby. Like, I love it. Um, because I can be jabby like that sometimes when I'm upset, but yeah. she had every right to be upset. <laughs> I just love that line and I love how she's kind of putting her foot down. And um, because I don't um I can't really think of any other heroines in horror movies, uh, you know, that have you know, in 78 by this time, you know, I feel like she was kind of one of the first ones and uh, that wasn't like running and screaming. And um, I may be wrong, there may be others, but um i just feel like yeah that she she's kind of one of the first uh heroines and uh she you know it stands up for herself but then also peter's like well you know this is what we're doing and you're not coming with us like he kind of puts her he kind of puts her back down into her place i just love that you know that whole scene and the dynamic between all the characters um because he's right she needs to learn how to handle herself before she does go out there so but yeah yeah i do like her character a good amount mm-hmm. i like that when they involve her too like when they go to do the plan to move the trucks to block the yeah she's on lookout she's on the roof right. peter's, uh peter's in the truck roger's in the other truck and we got steven flyboy he's in the he's in the helicopter oh, uh yeah. you know keeping a, a watch overhead and i like the way that scene plays out too i think that's those are the fun moments to me where it's like i like to watch survivors survive because there's so many yeah. different ways to do it and we see it a lot in the walking dead with different groups and um so th- it's interesting for me to see like all right they're gonna fortify the front with the truck the first time they park the trucks and they get in to go get the other trucks roger bumps into one zombie that's got like one eye he's pretty cool looking and there's a moment yeah. where he just like roger freezes up and just stares at him and then the zombie i don't know if you guys noticed it's kind of wild he like started caressing roger's face 
Yeah. And then Roger yeah. just sort of like pushes him out of the way. I was like, that was weird. Like <laughs> it was a tender moment. Hydra. And then I wonder later on, there's a scene with the bikers when one of the bikers is doing something like shooting at something. There's a zombie that comes behind him and like kind of hugs him. And I was wondering if that was the same zombie. Like he's just like a very friendly kind of zombie. You know? Affectionate. Uh, and, and, you know, like in real life, he was like a close talker or something like that. Uh, one <laughs> of those kind of zombie. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that like the vast majority of what we're talking about right now is the human characters. And we kind of touched on this last week about how the brilliance of Night of the Living Dead was it sets up this trope that's going to be copied for decades of setting up a situation where you have a, a crisis in the outside world, but the story is really about the microcosm within mm. and the surviving characters and the dynamics between them. And I mean, that's become like so familiar to all of us by now, right? Like, oh, that's yeah. what zombie movies are for. Like, it's like a coded way of dealing with some other kind of issue, right? Mm. But at the time, that was brand new. And so I think it's so interesting that despite the fact that the zombie like plague has swelled by this point in the arc of the overall story by which i mean like the whole cycle you know the numbers have multiplied a lot and yet this is still about the people and that's what we're talking about right now like we've barely even talked about the zombies mm -hmm. like, that's because they look like boo-boo <laughs> yeah, they, don't like they look really bad i'm sorry like i'm just i it's obviously budgetary they have a lot of them so i think it was just easier to do like that gray blue makeup and i believe i think Servini said they he thought it was going to look differently on yeah. screen or something. Yeah. 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 He wanted them to look gray, gray on yeah. screen. But Some the of them do. Technology but technology at the time made it look blue. Yeah. 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 He <laughs> went with the gray because he said in Night of the Living Dead, because it was in black and white, you couldn't really tell that the zombies had makeup. And we even commented on that last week. We we're just True. like, oh, they kind of look tired. Mm -hmm. And that's it. But you could see prosthetics, though. And they didn't use a yeah, lot. Yeah, but the, like their skin tone, you couldn't really mm -hmm. tell what their skin, their skin tone just kind of looked normal for the most yeah. part. And so that's why he went with the gray, this setup. But then he said later, he realized like, oh, this doesn't look good. I wish I'd done that differently. Mostly just looks blue. Yeah. I, yeah, but I will say like the actual gore that happens when you do see real gore and like prosthetic effects, like I mean, uh, practical effects, they look really cool. Like there's some yeah. cool blood oh, splatter, yeah. some great brain shots, the chunk of the uh, neck that the boyfriend takes out in the uh, project building. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. even though you can see the foam inside, it's like, who cares? It still looks awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, that project building scene, too, is wild. Yeah, uh, that racist awesome. cop just blowing, like just going there, oh, just, yeah, to shoot just Puerto Ricans and African-Americans. It's fucking crazy, but fuck? it's not that unrealistic either, though. Like, it seems exaggerated and zany. But honestly, in the situation like this, you're going to have a guy like that who oh, has yeah, exactly. the authority. To, it doesn't seem unrealistic to me. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, just like the fact that nobody's like, hey, Carl, you want to calm the fuck down? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, or like they finally outbreak, take him out. Uh, but. Doesn't seem unrealistic to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a You're zombie right. outbreak happening. Why are we worried about racism? I know. And then, to be honest, did you see the 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 bandanaed long haired uh guy that they shoot? He, to be honest, looked like a white guy. And oh, that was face. definitely brown face. Yeah, brown face, <laughs> white guy, kind of looked Puerto face. Rican. Yeah, uh, so yeah. common then. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no problem. Still, actually, happens sometimes. But yeah, yeah, yep, it's a thing. To be honest, I feel like that scene. I, like, do we really need that scene? I don't know. It's it just a way for Roger random. and yeah, for Roger and Peter to show up. I do yeah. like the downstairs thing. I like with the priest when he says something like, "Oh, uh, 
you know, you guys are pretty strong, but not for long. Who knows? You know, it's like a harbinger. Like, yeah. Yeah. They'll be stronger. Yeah. And they got all the dead down there, which is, I'm assuming that's yeah. kind of why they, they raided this building because people are going through the buildings to make sure like you need to get rid of your dead. Like you can't be holding mm-hmm. them. It's an, yeah. it's a problem. And you're, yeah. you know, you got this thing downstairs where you're holding all your dead, but uh, I do. I mean, there's some good gore in there, but yeah, I don't know that it really mm-hmm. is needed. I don't know that yeah. it's needed. I feel like, well, and for, First of all, we jump into it so suddenly from the TV station. Mm-hmm. Like we end that scene with Fran considering Steven's offer. Like they're calling the National o'clock. Guard, and next thing you know, you got a guy. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, we're in this project yeah. with people that we've never seen before, and it's like, what? Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a pretty long scene. I don't know. I just kind of feel like maybe it's not so necessary, especially in a movie of this length. Yeah, no, it did that. cut. It did cut weird because I even had to ask Hunter. I was like, okay, why are we at this building now? It does cut. It's a jump cut real quick. Yeah. 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 Smash cut, as they call it. So there's a moment, though. I like when uh, Stephen, Peter, and Roger and Francine get in the helicopter and they're getting ready to leave. And the other cops are like, oh, we're going to take the boats. We're going to go find some, uh, any island or whatever. Like, that's their way of getting away. And they're like, you got any cigarettes? Anybody got cigarettes? And everybody's like, nah, nah, man. Then the first minute, then when they get up in the they air, two of them up. light up, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Those are the worst kind of people, people who won't share their cigarettes. I don't know. Damn this it. is, the time, this is definitely the time not to share that. your cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, I got to say, I'm not yeah. sure. And it's like the only vice that like Francine can even do pregnant. Like, I don't recommend it, but I mean, she, you know, she's not going to booze or do drugs, but no, that's bullshit. She, she's drinking the whole movie. Is man. she? She's drinking so. wine. She? The No, she's drinking wine the whole movie. I never Did she saw drink that. the wine. I know he poured she, her some wine, but I don't know if she drank. Oh it. yeah, at the dinner. That dinner was awkward. Their love, their relationship, oh, that, like loveless man. There's nothing. Yeah. yeah. That no, moment where they're all, in the but... bed, like yeah, it looks like he had a moment. I'm, I'm like, yo, it happens to all of us, buddy. Don't worry about it. Like it well... looked like he had. <laughs> It was like an well, ED like commercial. Dead. It was like, do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? And here's Steven like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, dude, like, yeah, that, that, that pause scene where yeah, they're bro. focusing. No, she, she gets up and she's like drinking a glass of wine. I mean, I've heard that a glass is okay here and there for pregnancy. I, I'm just saying. There's no know, amount he's... that's considered safe. Yeah. I understand. I mean, it's the apocalypse. I'm, yeah. I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm not judging. Me, me either. Me yeah. either. So I'm just Except the reefers. That's don't be doing the reefers. That's the, the reefers. devil's lettuce. <laughs> that's the devil's lettuce. <laughs> the devil's Wait, that's what, what got us here in the apocalypse in the first place. That and premarital sex. Yep. Oh that's, the, that's the root of it all. We're being <laughs> root of all evil. Yeah. Uh yeah. So what do you guys think are like the best effects moments in the movie? I love when the uh the guy's stomach and chest get torn oh, yeah. into. And all the intestines come out, and those are like those are like pig guts or something yeah. from the slaughterhouse down the road. I have a question <laughs> about that guy. What was that guy's fucking hurry to get in that heart rate monitor thing? Yeah, I know. And he was willing to die in it. What the fuck was his problem? Yeah. I was like, why would you do that when there's tons of zombies? He's around surrounded, and he gets back into it. Like, wait, hold on. I just want to get my. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pick up my prescription. Hold on. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm 120 over 80. 120 over 80. Yeah. It was so yeah, weird. Like everybody's dying around him and he could have got away. And he's like, nope, I'm just gonna strap myself in real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it did create some cool moments though, how like yeah. that you see his heart rate going up and then like yeah. only his arm is left yeah. inside yeah, the cuff popping. and and says your heart rate is zero over zero. It, like it, it makes for some good moments, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it's like yeah. not the best choice. 
I liked um it wasn't like overly gory, but I liked um Steven's look when he turned. I thought he I looked really cool. Yeah, like they spent a good amount of attention zombie. on him. Yeah. Yes, he was the best yeah. zombie for sure. Yeah, he looked really cool. Go it was ahead. really effective whenever the elevator doors opened up and he's zombie and then the yeah. other zombies who knew he was there and was trying to get to him, they were just like turned and walked oh, yeah, away. Yeah. They're, They're like, like, Oh, oh it's no, just you, mind. Fred. Yeah. I mean Steve. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think he was one of the zombies that the gray actually looked okay on because, mm-hmm. like, the blood, like, the the difference between like, the gray yeah. with the blood, I don't know. He just looked amazing. And then his walk where he's, like, dragging that foot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the gun, right? Like, yeah, around his finger or whatever. Around. He's, like, hanging yeah. around his finger. Hannah, he's what you would call a hero zombie. That's what <laughs> Yeah. That's why he looks better than the other ones. Yeah, um, I, also I like the way his facial expression like he's got his chin tilted down and his eyes mm-hmm. are like mm-hmm. rolled up so you see a lot yeah, of the whites of his awesome. eyes it looks like really dead mm-hmm. looks good. Yeah. I, I, I thought Roger looked the best only because it, it was just like hey if I you know you got this next little scene if, if I turn like this take me out <laughs> and, yeah you know and then, he, he's got um, like that dried up sort of look to him too he's like a little he does, bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he like felt like reason. bob in maybe the movie we yeah. might be reviewing. yeah he actually does resemble him a little bit there's yeah, some in some of the poster him. art he looks a lot like him as well yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely it's similar well and i have to say the moment of his like final death is really impactful and i think smartly done like they don't show it like mm-hmm. you're watching Fran's face as she's like listening to the TV and like in the middle of a sentence from the TV broadcaster, you oh. hear just the shot mm-hmm. and she kind of like startles for a second and then she closes her eyes like, oh God, like she doesn't scream or anything, but it's just like this understanding of what has just mm-hmm. happened. And yeah. and then I think you see Peter's face kind of do the same thing and it's just, mm-hmm. um, you know, bad. Yeah. It sucks, I'm sorry, not, Roger was not like Peter, um, Steven, I'm sorry. Yeah. Roger was like a good uh, he was an asset and, you know, like he just started losing it, though. You know, he started killing for no reason. And then you yeah. could tell he was like a little frazzled. But he was like even in, even towards his death, he was trying to help out the most. I love that scene when they get armored and they come out mm-hmm. and they got him in the cart and everybody else got their ammo and they just start go to work trying to clean up. Yeah. yeah, he looks like shit, but he's still shooting from that cart trying mm-hmm. to take out as many zombies as he can. And, and that's rad, but I mean, it's like Roger's like a total piece of shit because he, he he's the one that loses it. He gets bit twice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that yeah. I'd call him a piece of shit, though, because he never actually, oh. like, that could have jeopardized the group, but he never, like, turned on anybody. Mm. He didn't do any of the mm. tropey things that we've seen nowadays. Which, uh, he didn't hide his bites, you know what I mean, at least, or, like, I don't know. I felt I kind of felt for him, but he because he was kind of unraveling. That's the problem. What? Yeah, he was a sensible guy, but he was starting to lose it. That's what happened. Yeah, I do got to say it's like the size difference between Kid and Foray and the guy that played Roger was weird. I mean, what Kid Foray is like six five, and this other dude's like five seven. Oh my god, it was like damn. I also saw that there's um one of the actors uh that played one of the police docs uh Joseph. Pilato. Oh, yeah, he, he, he's uh, Captain Rhodes in Day of the Dead. He's in this movie, I guess, in the background mm-hmm. in the beginning. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's we'll the talk, one they're we'll talking talk about to. that. Yeah. Huh? We'll talk about that. He's the one no. they're talking to on the roof. Well, is that yeah. supposed to be the same character? Unclear. Yeah, it's yeah. unclear. Also, how's it a roof so. if, if what's his name drives a car right to it? 
That's what I know. He said, meet me on the roof. The helicopter's up there. But now all of a sudden the cops show up on the unless they went downstairs and we just they cut. They don't show that because the cops just show up in the car. like Arr! They pull up and get in. Well, so, Hyderberg, yeah. it, it seemed to me that they actually parked on the ground. Level. That's what I thought. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's that's what I, I was confused because like earlier he mentions like meet me on the roof at nine. Maybe he just <laughs> went for a little nookie or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we'll uh, find out next week. Maybe. Maybe. I wonder I if that's I mean, I don't character. think it's a big secret. <laughs> What's happening yeah, next we've week, already but... <laughs> said what we're doing. It's a big secret. Dun, dun. What could possibly be next? We did Night of the Living Dead, and then we did Dawn of the Dead. But it's we'll just October have to keep you to in Next sense. week is Casper, the friendly ghost. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, I just want one thing I like that this movie does have some of the news stuff, um, like we got with the last film, too. I like I kind of like when the news, uh, they watch the TV in that one moment. We get to see that scientist guy that comes into the yeah. off, uh, studio. And he, I, I kind of like some of the stuff he was saying about, um, you know, surviving and what to do and, you know, what's going on exactly. Trying to trying to speak some truth to everybody when because we saw on the news like, earlier on, there was that one guy who runs the studio, I guess. who was like, you got to keep the thing, the, the ticker on. And she's like, but that's false information. Those those points aren't even safe to go to anymore. And he's like, but mm-hmm. people are watching just for that reason. You got to keep it on there. He's like, bro, are you really? Yeah, I like that Francine did. She asserted herself there, too. She was like, no, you're going to kill people. Like, so I do like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of reflects the world we live in now. Yeah. Everybody will do anything for views. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and it's fake news. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, just as long as they tune in. Doesn't really mm-hmm. matter yeah, what we say. As long matters. as they tune in. Clicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clicks and likes. Certain cable channels have been known oh, to engage in that. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I also noticed there's an AMP across the street from the mall. I was curious that they never went. That's a grocery store. AMP. It was a brand um, of grocery stores back in the day. I don't know if it still is, but I think it still exists. Yeah. Somewhere. Uh, I don't know where, but, I but think yeah, I mean, exists. I was like, damn, go raid that fucking thing. It's got to have if the mall's empty. That's too dangerous. It, That's too I guess. dangerous. Yeah. To run across there. Yeah. But they have the trucks. Just grab another truck. And, you know. Yeah, but you got to get in and out of the trucks. And I guess, you know. Yeah, and then there's that touchy feely zombie it. out there. He might give you a hug or something. Yeah. In Washington State, we do have AMPMs. Is that what you're saying? I guess oh, maybe no, that's what no, it no, was. No, no. Maybe that's okay. The no, that sounds like a convenience store. Yeah, AMPM is a like a gas station convenience yeah, store. Like no, AMP is. is like a grocery store, like yeah, a grocery full store. grocery store. Oh, okay. You never heard of mm. AMP, John? No, I have no. I'm I'm from the West Coast. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. What about Piggly Wiggly? We've got I've heard of five minutes Piggly, up the road. <laughs> I, I've heard of the Come and Go. Oh well, my that's God. different. <laughs> <laughs> I think 2 p.m. Todd talked about that one time. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> anyway. Well, so when by the time you get to the ending, I um I have to say I really like the fact that they end it on a hopeful note. I think it's kind of an interesting contrast to the previous film, which ended on such a downer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it would have been too much to end this movie on a real downer. And there was an alternate ending for this that did not end up getting used. The helicopter just uh, crashes. Yeah. No. 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 Himself and Peter yeah. kills and himself. Peter and Peter kills himself. Yeah. And just, oh, he does kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's Peter like, takes the Derringer, puts it against his brain, and then um, Fran the actually puts her head, head just like the, the zombie. She does that on purpose. The helicopter. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. she thinks she doesn't have any fuel. 
Uh, so that's the um, only way to die for her. She's like, I don't want to get eaten, so I'll just yeah. do a header into yep. the. Oh my god! Sometimes the way you say things, that one zombie who like crawls <laughs> up on the crate, that like, hey, look at me, and the. Oh, oh. Yeah, that was all the like, forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a cool effect. That Sorry. was just was to really give. Cool. That was just to give Tom Savini his little love. Yeah, that was that was pretty was, dope, and it was really cool looking. By yeah, the way, pretty rad. Hydroberg, yeah. I really enjoy your little reenactments. <laughs> it's, really <laughs> <entertaining>. <laughs> <laughs> it's really entertaining. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. So I, while I do enjoy the downer of Night of the Living Dead, you know, we've already talked about how the tone is different for this movie, and um, George Romero wanted it to be more comedic. He wanted it to be more like a comic book almost. He wanted to feel like that. And we have those kind of silly scenes that are meant to be humorous. I think, you know, you could debate how like humorous they really are, like the pies in the face or whether that really fits tonally. But I do think it kind of fits that we end the movie on a hopeful note that leads us into the next movie, which we'll talk about next week. But um, but I, I think it's a nice change up. And, you know, you yeah. got to have a little hope sometimes. Like you, you got to yeah, maintain that. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've spent over two hours with these characters, and I I really liked them all. You know, I mean, I yeah. liked some more than others, but they all had likable traits about them. So when they die, we do feel it. You know, when Roger dies, yeah. we feel it. When Stephen dies. So it is great to see Francine and Peter get out and have that hopeful note that, okay, well, maybe two of them can get away and find an island somewhere before they run mm-hmm. out of fuel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I, I would have liked to have seen the alternate ending just to like have both because I'm all about gore. And I think that would have been awesome to see her like stick her head up in the propeller. But yeah, um, I think that would have been a cool effect. But yeah, I do agree with you guys. I do like the the up ending. I, I, I Yeah, really impactful. And I like that. But I, I do. I would have liked to have seen the alternate, though. Definitely. Well, there seems yeah. to be some debate about whether that was ever actually filmed or not. I heard it like, was. Like, uh, Savini says yes, Romero said no, but then in another interview, Romero said yes, and so there's well, there's some confusion and, about it, but I don't know if it's, like, anywhere to be seen. In the documentary I watched, Savini said no. From oh, the one I just, yeah, Somebody he, said no, somebody said yes. Yeah, well. he said that, uh, he said, yeah, we never shot the ending with uh, Peter shooting himself. And okay. they never shot the ending with him with a friend putting her head up in the propeller from what okay. he said. So okay. I, I must have had it backwards. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and no, and what what Hannah's saying is correct, because Savini would have had to create that kind of uh, uh, that, you know. Oh, the effect. Aesthetic. Yes. Yeah, 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 he would know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. He, he would have known know. if it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, It's also another film Um, where I mean, even in the first one, he dies at the end. But the. The African-American character kind of makes it out to the end. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Ben sort of does in in, in some way. He, he survives the zombies. He doesn't survive yeah, the humans. The human, the human yeah. element. And like you said, there there is there is a sense of hopefulness to the ending here, but it's still bleak to also like because yeah. we don't yeah. know how far they're going to get on their gas. We don't know where they're going. She's got a baby on the way. Like, yeah, have some ammo and supplies packed in the helicopter. But that's it. The prospects are not great. No, they're right. Not. It, 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 and what was the Ben's character? What's his real name? Dwayne because, Jones. Uh, Dwayne Jones. That's right. And um, Ken Forey talked to him about doing a, a, a freaking 
movie, a zombie movie. It's like, should I do this? He's like, yes, absolutely. George Marrero will treat you right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, once again, we have a a character who is a main character. He's African-American. He's a logical, capable person, which sounds like patronizing to say, but I think it's worth noting because at that time in film, you didn't see a black character leading a white mm-hmm. cast like that. Yeah. And that his blackness is not like central to his character. Like the movie is Never. not about his right. blackness, but he happens to be a black man who is acting in this very capable level-headed mm-hmm. way. And is, you know, a main character in this, in the, um, among this white cast. It just, I don't think it was happening very often at that time. So no, I think it's, that, it's noteworthy yeah. in that way, but I don't mean to sound patronizing. Like, hey, there was a char- a black character who was capable. Like, that's mm. not the way I mean it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but but just did you see the Puerto Rican guy film. with the long hair? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that that shot of the head, like at the beginning of the movie, where it was the apartment. Yeah. Um, it was actually a mold of the main actress because. Um, Romero decided not to do that ending, so <laughs> Savini actually took that head and put it on what, a dummy, and he actually shot that. Oh, head. so that was supposed to be Francine's head originally, yeah. But oh. he made it, it like they recycled he, he it, made it up oh. to be the a black character and filled it with like and it scraps and like, like, like yeah. when you see it on pause, it looks so bad. You're just like, that is so racist. But when it's not on pause, when it I blows it up, looks it looks great. pretty rad. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> no, it looks great. Vibe. It, it, yeah, yeah, it looks be- great. Who, which one did it? Which Tom Savini head blow up is better? Maniac or Dawn of the Dead? Maniac. 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 Yeah, Maniac. Maniac. <laughs> yeah. That was Maniac. the right answer. <laughs> Maniac. But still, I like I like this this because it was some Savini's head that got shot. <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah. It was his own head. Oh man, jumping on the hood like that—so cool! Anyway, yes. oh my god, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah. Um. Well, we've kind of reached the end. Were there any other main things people wanted to talk about before we give our individual ratings? Uh, just one small. Oh, go ahead. Oh well, my question was, you know, Francine when they first get to the mall, she very much did not want to stay there. She was like, "We need to just get what we need to get and keep moving," and they ended up staying for pretty much the majority of her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So would you, what would you guys have done? Would you, would you have just gotten supplies and got out of there? Or would you have kind of made a little home for yourself in the mall? If she's my girlfriend, I would take her because I <laughs> don't want to piss any, any woman off. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. There's a chance that her, her idea to go to Canada wouldn't work either. I mean, here we are looking at, we got a ton of supplies. We could fortify this place. We got yeah. two able guys also that are cops. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's guns here. Like, the, I don't know. It's so enticing. It's they kind of tr- they play Steven out like he's supposed to be a dick by kind of wanting to keep her there. But I can understand it, too. Um, it is the safest place that they've found so far. I would yeah. want to stay there. I feel like anything else is a huge gamble. They don't uh-huh. have a lot of yeah. fuel. Meanwhile, here they have a place that they can fortify, you know, to a reasonable extent, and they have mm-hmm. supplies. She's going to have a baby, mm-hmm. and like you don't want to be in an un- like a state of uncertainty, or like you don't want to be like on the move constantly. Because, mm-hmm. like, what if they leave that place and go somewhere else, and then it's not stable, and you know, it's not a place where they can get the things that they need, 
And then they're like, oh, we should have stayed at the mall. But by then it's too late. It's probably overrun by zombies. And, you know, if it were me, I'd want to stay in the mall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe. True. But I agree. If, if she told me that she wanted to go, I would go. <laughs> Hunter, what would you do? I would definitely, I would stay. Because, I mean, to me, that would be, that's, I mean, me, I'm very logically minded. And to me, that would be the most logical thing to do. Because if you don't have a lot of fuel and, you know, even though in the movie they do decide to stay, they keep burning that helicopter fuel. So they're burning what little fuel that they yeah. have with that survey, like surveying, you know, and all that stuff. So there's no telling how much fuel they had to begin with. So and even then they didn't make it out of the last airport that they filled up at. You know, they barely got out of there. And, you know, I mean, to me. I would probably stick it out as long as I could, maybe like a couple months. But like when everybody started to go stir crazy, like being stuck in the same place, I'd be like, okay, we we got to move. Like mm-hmm. we have to at least, you know, think of maybe like a secondary location. Like maybe we can hop in the helicopter and fly around and maybe see if we can find like another, you know, little place that maybe we could hold up. Start building some outposts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I th- I think they left it at the right time because the motorcycle gang sort of infiltrated, and that allowed you know greater access points for the zombies. And so then all of a sudden the zombies are filling up in there, and it's just like that's the time to go. Like you can't you can't yeah. dodge you yeah. can't dodge them any longer. I like that. that the zombies come back in as if like they're entering the mall again. They're just yeah. like yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey. They go back to the food court. <laughs> Yeah, they just the kind of shuffle them up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Cinnabon's open. Look at that. Let's go to KV and play with the Lego. <laughs> just kidding, John. Um, also, where's the movie theater in this mall? That's what they could have done to, to so they didn't yeah. go stir crazy. Where's the fucking movie theater that's yeah, attached that's to the mall? That's so a good question. Yeah. They should have showed them for a moment, Very like chilling, question. making popcorn, and watching a movie together. Like that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been a good. I will say, at my local mall, the movie theater is like a block down the road. It's not attached. Uh, they like, could have been watching Night of the Living Dead too, because it was fucking free. <laughs> public domain wow that would have been i did i did want to say when like they're um when fran's sitting there i I can't remember if it's when she's doing her makeup or she might be trying on clothes Mm. but the the pre-recorded thing comes over the speakers and it's talking about how you can come get a sweet treat and we'll give you heart you know a free bag of hard candy and that i that woman was not from Pittsburgh. She was from Tennessee. Cause she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, what was it? She said, uh, between the hours. <laughs> yeah. Between the hours. <laughs> but she says hours. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> like that is something that people say around here. I think that might've been Romero's wife also doing oh that. Gosh, record. I could be wrong funny. about that, but I think that might've been her. Maybe. But I just noticed it that was... when I watched it, and I got so tickled. I was like, "That lady was not from Pittsburgh." <laughs> Hold on, Chris. Chris, his wife was actually from Pittsburgh. She was the uh, DP actually for the movie. Mm. So, yeah, I knew well, was she that was, also her voice? She must have done an accent. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I thought I read that somewhere, but I couldn't remember yeah. if that was right. Good question, Anna. I like I like that question about yeah, whether was, we'd yeah. stay in the yeah. Mall. That was a great question. Because to me, that's one of the most fun things about all horror movies. It's like, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. How would you oh, survive? Yeah. What choices would you make? And mm-hmm. so I always like to think about that. I like when they hotwire the car, that little VW. Yeah. In the oh, mall. Yeah. yeah. They use it. Oh, God. Like- and then that part. that the, 
as much as many zombie movies as I can as I've watched and as much gore as I've seen, and Hannah can vouch for me on this, the part where Roger goes to hotwire the car and that one zombie comes up and like rips into his bandage and like starts to dig into his wound and like all that blood starts spurting out oh, the bandage. It like pops out. Yeah, yeah, that and like you just hear Roger go, oh like you know it hurts so Man. bad. Like that. That's probably the only part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that made you yeah. win. That's funny yeah. that you said that. Like, I I feel the same way. <laughs> like I can sit there and watch, like you know, him get the hunk torn out of his leg and everything. That's completely fine. But oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> something about already being hurt and then just somebody like tearing into it again. Mm-hmm. Oh god, pressing on it or it's worse yes. than the initial oh. injury. Like that, right? It, it makes yes. you cringe more than the than the yeah. initial injury. Yeah. Hydraberg, I have a question. What were your, like, what makes this a flaccid fuck for you? Like, what were your biggest objections? I don't know. I think music. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the music definitely is. There's some there's some issues there, but um, tone, there's, there's some tone things. Um, you know, I haven't done my review, but uh, there's pacing. The, the length is, a, is an issue for me. I just don't think um, I, I like the characters more this time. I like the story a little bit better. I didn't like this movie really the first time. Uh, I really liked the remake, and I, I maybe I just couldn't help but compare this one to it because I saw this one after the remake. So I was oh, kind of really? like, "That's yeah," and I was just sort of. I think I got overhyped, and I was just sort of like, "That's it." Like, okay, um, I don't even remember what cut I saw, but I own it on DVD somewhere. It might be the one that John's been holding up like all all night. Where is it? John? <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be that one. It looks similar. I got it at FYI. Um, FYE. FYE. FYE, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying. FYE. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just have some issues with this movie. I think um, I like it. It's like another slice of life kind of deal where we're just getting a little bit of these survivors. But I think they could have done a little bit more, too. I think mm-hmm. there's it's just long. And I feel like you could have done told that story shorter, tighter or kept it long and then filled me in on some more interesting stuff then show the pregnancy i don't know show her having to get away with the baby now like i gotta fly this helicopter and and i got the baby yeah you know I mean? she's like trying to breastfeed and trying yeah. to steer the yeah. helicopter what a woman i couldn't yeah. do it yeah me either don't drink right. and drive kids <laughs> <laughs> hey that baby should be in a car seat yeah well done hydroberg <laughs> All right. Well, you guys ready to do your ratings then? Ready. All right, ready. John, it's your yeah. week. Why don't you start us off? I'm going to make it quick. Um, the acting in this movie was so fucking great. Um, I didn't like the pie in the, uh, pie in the face scenes with the seltzer water. <laughs> that fucking ruined the movie for me. Uh, watching it again. However... You know, this is a fuck for me because it's like every time I watch it, I just I get more more enjoyment out of it. So I'm going to give this a uh, 9.5 out of Smurfin Shopping Zombies. Smurfin Shopping Zombies? Because they're blue. They, they oh, look okay. 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 Thank you for explaining that. I was befuddled uh, for a minute. Okay. Smurfin Nine... shopping zombies. Yeah, 9.5. 9.5 out of 10 smurfin shopping zombies. All because right, they're Hannah. blue. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hannah, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, I'm going to give this uh, a 9 out of 10 
for me. Okay. Um, it's it's a great movie. I absolutely adore it. Um, I'm with John. Each time I watch it, it does get better and better. Uh, the acting is amazing. I I have to disagree with Hyderberg. I I don't feel like it's too long. Uh, it it flows fine for me. I I was sucked in the entire time. I didn't feel like you know like oh gosh, just gotta hurry up. Yeah, I, I was enjoying it so much that it, it didn't it didn't seem too long for me. I like the I like the length of it. Okay. Uh, I love the story. I love the mall aspect. I love what Romero was trying to show as we were talking about with consumerism. Uh, you know, he he says, you know, it he put it out there so blatantly, but I think it's kind of subtle in it in its own right a little bit. Uh, I like that. Like it's not like so to me, it's not so like in your face, um, you know, that, but there is that underlying message there that you yeah. can find. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I gotta say day is my favorite out of the Romero. Uh, so this one's my, this one's gotta be my second. Uh, and then, you know, not, but yeah, I, I gotta give it a nine out of 10. Absolute great movie. All right. Nice. Well said. Um, Anna, would you like to go next? Sure. I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10 because I love this movie. It's it's just good every time I watch it. It's a comfort movie. It's one that I'll put on like if I'm working in the other room and I'll have it playing in the other room and I'll just come in and it's just comfortable. I know what's happening every time. You know, I love those comfort movies. Jacqueline, you talked about that in your night episode about how you kind of find yourself going back to those movies all the time because they're comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. And I do that a lot too. This is definitely one of those, but I love the characters. I love the setting. I, I love movies that take place in one location that don't mm -hmm. feel too big, even though yeah. this one could feel big but it doesn't um yeah. the the chases in the mall when they're trying to get away from the zombies but get supplies i love those moments with the guys ken forey is the best part he's my favorite yeah <laughs> <laughs> he yeah he's and he delivers a lot a lot of the best lines in the movie you know when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth mm. yeah so good um but yeah blue zombies be damned i love this movie so 9.5 <laughs> out of 10 uh smurfed up blue zombies yeah, what, the, what is it again smurf and shopping zombies smurf and oh shopping pretty funny. not that i know yeah. what it means it's pretty funny yeah, yeah all right hunter care to share your thoughts so as much as i love this movie i would have to probably give it a nine out of ten because you say I'm that like, like it's a terrible score <laughs> well, I was I was sitting here thinking about giving it a nine point five, but then I got to thinking I was like, there's just some stuff about the movie that I just asked, especially kind of thinking of it like through like critically. Like I really didn't like the relationship between uh Francine and Steven. Like I kind of feel like it was kind of half baked. Mm. And I kind of feel like we were only knew they were together because we were pretty much told. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. at the very beginning. Like th throughout the whole movie, like they didn't kind of act like it. Like I know he proposed to her towards the end and stuff. But I just really couldn't get past. I just, I just didn't buy their relationship. But I'm like Hannah. Uh, Day of the Dead is always going to be my favorite out of any of the Dead movies. Um, I just feel like Romero really refined his formula. I don't care what the critics or the box office says for Day of the Dead. I feel like that is the movie where he truly refined what it meant to go and see a Romero zombie movie. But and I do, I do kind of, I have to agree kind of with Heidenberg. 
there is some parts of the whole clearing the zombies out of the mall. I feel like that that it could have been trimmed down some, and you know. But other than that, I like I love this movie. Like I said, it's one of the first zombie movies I ever sat down and watched. It freaked me out even in high school because I never, you know, seen anything like that before. You know, so close up in such visceral detail, and you know, you have to respect the movie for what it did for its time because mm. the horror genre would arguably not be the same if Dawn of the Dead didn't come out when it. So, but yeah, totally, I have to totally give it a nine out of ten. All right. Hydra Berg, what have you got to say for yourself? Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like the way these survivors tried to survive. I, like I said earlier, I think it's interesting to see like the different ways people choose to survive. And I, I like that about his films, uh, that it, it, each film has a different setting, a different way of survival, um, different groups. I like that. The human drama I thought was uh, really good in this. I felt like it felt similar to the first film in that regard. Not like the same type of stuff, but just, you know, people in a room, like mixing it up. Like you said, the most we talked about tonight was the human side, not the gore and violence and zombies as much. Uh, you know, that's the backdrop. That's the setting. But um, I think there is some great gore. Uh, the actual practical stuff looks great. Um, I don't love the zombies, but more on that later. Uh, some good acting, though. There is good acting. Believable group of characters. I think it's small. It's four people. I'm glad that they didn't pick up stragglers along the way. Like, it's just four people. And not one of them dies or gets hurt until a while in. You know what I mean? And, like, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't mix it up with more people. I just wish we got more of these four people, to be honest, like, while they were mixing it up in in this uh you know this small these confines i mean yeah they're in a mall but they're still enclosed and you know it probably feels like it's shrinking in on them plus they kind of stay together as a group when they sleep and stuff i feel like to watch each other's backs it feels like um upstairs but um i also i really like francine a lot more than barbara i think she comes around and you know at first i was like oh my god i'm getting you know pick up the hammer but she comes around, she comes into her own. I like that she's more than Barbara. She's got more depth here and she fights back. You know what I mean? She wants to learn new skills and she wants to, you know, be part of the conversation. And I do love that uh, for her character. I like that she's the the sole survivor. Well, and uh, what's his name? Peter, not sole survivor, but, um, you know, she basically outlives the other guys and some of the bikers too. Uh, the film is a little long though for me. I just, I don't know. For me, it just feels a little long. I watched it. It was two hours and 19 minutes is a two hour and 34 minute one. Um, there's a two hour and what seven. They're all two hours. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I only be, I think maybe it felt longer for me because I think some of the pacing is up and down. There's moments where it drags in the middle and then there's moments where like shit pops off and, and I, I'm digging it. I, I like them going around the mall, securing stuff, shopping. You know, I like the moments of them tricking the zombies up and down, but we, we did that like three times. It was like, Okay, I get it. Like, I get the trick. You could have just, I don't know. It got redundant after a while. There's little moments I think they could have cut out and, and given us more character or something else, some more drama for me. I know, but they did the best they could. And I think they did a great job that uh, with that, you know, like setting and everything. But the, the gray blue zombies, just they look awful. I, I, I don't know. It's so weird, too, because Savini, it's like they did minimal stuff in the first one, but it worked so much. But also it was black and white, I guess. Um but there was like no prosthetics on their faces at the time in this. It was just makeup, flat makeup, and it just didn't work. Um, 
I just don't think it holds up that well, too. And I, I get it. There's like a budgetary thing, too. But it's just I like prosthetic work for my zombies. You know, I want to see like a little bit of yeah. pus coming out of your cheek or just something, you know, some. Have some a jaw missing or something. Yeah. I like to see depth when I see like gore. That's what makes it work for me. Yeah. But I mean, when you do get the really bloody stuff, it still works in this film. So I'll give it credit for that. And just the scenes with the bikers, man, it's fucking silly. I said it before. It's like clowns. It just doesn't add anything for me to the film. I get that you wanted to have somebody invade, um, but I don't know, man, the way they mix it up with the survivors. I just think it, the execution is kind of lacking and it kind of takes I think it I don't know. It kind of took me out of the film for a moment. You know, like I said, they they hitting pies into people's faces and squirting them with fucking water bottles. I'm surprised somebody didn't have like a, a horn and they're like, hark, 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 hark. Art the Clown <laughs> pops Someone in. had a flower with some water coming out of it. Hey, I got you. <laughs> yeah, Art the Clown comes in, starts just doing some a jig. Um, a jig? Yeah. <laughs> but the film just sort of feels a little under-realized in some of the, I don't know, in certain spots. Um, it's a grander film, though. So I think, you know what I mean? There were probably a lot of, uh, I don't know, speed bumps things they just a lot to handle with this film um so i'll give them credit for that i just think some of it's lacking and the ending i don't know i did now that we're talking it out like i do kind of like the ending more now that we we spoke about it um i don't know but just with them flying off in the helicopter i'm sort of just like it leaves me a little bit like well i fucking wish i knew a little bit more but i get it you know you just can't get that with yeah. these films. They cut you off. So with that said, I don't I can see why this film is considered a classic, but for me, it's I don't know. I don't like it as much as night. Um, I'm gonna give this uh seven out of ten. Um smurfy shoppy zombies. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Smurfin shopping zombies. Smurfin's shopping. Okay. Yeah. Glad I'm not the only one who messed it up. I think we're all going to mess it up. <laughs> I didn't even say it. So. This one's going down in the books. Yeah. Murphy and Shannon. Yeah, I don't they know. They blue. I mean, that's that's why I, I said No, I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah, I, get it. I actually no, like no, it. I, I like it. Sense. I just I didn't like get it at first. I was like, wait, what? I needed you to explain it to me, John. No, <laughs> they do look like smart. Totally. Yeah, they are like, la, 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 la. Um, I don't know. It just uh, This is only like, I think this is like my second time seeing this film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't have like those the nostalgia for it either. Mm-hmm. Like I do. I do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I, I get that. Jacqueline. Yeah. What's yeah, your feeling? On the whole, I feel much the way Heidelberg does, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that this movie does right. Um, I really like some of the themes that are kind of um, put out here for us to take if we wish i feel like you can watch it on just kind of like a surface level but i feel like there are some interesting themes being presented for us like the you know consumer like american consumerism um not trusting professionals who are telling you what to do and like what what you need to know like that mistrust of people just because they're on like tv like oh, they don't they don't know whatever like i said we've seen a lot of that um I also think something we didn't really touch on a whole lot was, to me, one of the scariest things about this movie, maybe the only scary, because honestly, I kind of don't find this movie that scary. Um, But the one thing that does disturb me is if I put myself into Fran's position and I consider the prospect of bringing a child into the world Mm. during a zombie apocalypse where literally everything is uncertain, like, do you want to like give birth to your baby and raise that baby in a mall? Do you want to like get on a helicopter and drive to or drive, fly to some like uncertain location? You don't know where you're going to be able to land. 
who knows like what if your baby is born two weeks later and you're like you're in like a shack somewhere um the having a baby in the first place is like a terrifying experience or it can be and like to me like the first month after having my first baby was one of the most surreal overwhelming experiences of my life and to consider doing that when literally the entire society around you is breaking down is pretty terrifying yeah Mm. and and so just the fact that that's in there it does raise the stakes for me and it makes me um definitely more engaged in the situation that these characters find themselves in so i do think that it, it that it does that really well it presents that scenario to us it doesn't the movie itself like you i think anna you said like i wish they had like explored her pregnancy more and her like preparing or whatever but like we don't really get that but it is you know a thing that's there kind of in the in the background that's always there um i think they might have grabbed a book at the bookstore was they that, did yeah they that, like, that, but that was movie. really like the only yeah shot of her doing anything to Uh really like prepare she never really talks about it like they showed her maybe looking at baby clothes like by herself one day definitely should maybe without steven just by herself having a moment like that would have been a good show no talking about names or like you know just anything but anyway but nonetheless it's there for us to consider if we want to um I think there's a like sort of a theme here of like humans not always making the best decisions for themselves. Um, like it kind, of, it kind of goes along with the not listening to experts or not listening to professionals who are trying to tell you the the, the practical things to do um, or like a mistrust of that. Like sometimes humans make decisions that are self-defeating. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think it, I I won't say that I don't like the biker scene. I think it's an interesting way to contrast the characters with different types of people, like the kinds of people that they would not want to let in, that they would not want to team up with in any way. Like these Mm -hmm. are not normal, reasonable people. Mm -hmm. So I think it's nice to have that contrast. And it also provides a way for the film to allow the zombies to like really swarm into the mall. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that is interesting. However, I do agree with Hyderberg that the kind of shenanigans they get up to, like, get a little silly. Like, I'm cool with riding the motorcycles around the mall. I actually think that's, like, pretty cool. And kind of just, like, looting and sort of harassing the zombies and all that. I'm down with that, but I don't like the clownish kind of stuff. It's it's too silly. I just don't I just don't want that in this movie for me. Um, But yeah, my honestly, my main gripe with this movie is the length and the pacing i feel like i'm I'm gonna get like a lot of flack for this but i feel like you could easily trim a half hour out of this movie i really do uh i i honestly don't think there's any reason for this movie to be more than like an hour and 40 minutes long and the reason i say that specifically is that the nature of this movie is such that it's it sort of can't follow a normal narrative arc like there's not a single problem that needs to get solved there's not like a conflict between characters that's like the main driving force of the movie by nature it's kind of monotonous like because i think it's designed to show us the monotony of their lives like Mm -hmm. living day in day out in this mall and so Mm -hmm. it should be kind of like it should have some slow paced moments in it you know what i mean um, it's almost like episodic in nature. Like, oh, well, today we're going to like go get some ammunition. All right. T- tomorrow we're going to go like ice skating. Um, 
tomorrow we're gonna go play a weird video game like it's just they're kind of like having to find ways to fill their time and so it makes sense that there should be some monotony in the movie it's not a fast-paced situation that they're really in it's designed to show the kind of like endless repetitive nature of their days but because that is the way the narrative needs to be you can't i think it's not smart to let it drag out for like two and a half hours mm-hmm. i think that's too much um and so for a movie that is built on the idea of like a monotonous daily routine and a life that really doesn't have any purpose in it i think it shouldn't be more than like an hour and 40 minutes so i, th- I think you could easily cut 30 to 40 minutes out of this and be fine so Honestly, it kind of makes me fall asleep in parts. I'm sorry, Hannah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I just think like if it were if it had a if it had like a tighter runtime, I think it would be like a fantastic movie. Like a like a A plus 10 out of 10 movie. But for me, it's it's kind of hard to watch. And I personally do happen to prefer the remake. Sorry. Yeah. So do I. Uh, so with all that said, I'm going to give it the same score as Hyderberg and come in at a 7 out of 10 smurfin' shopping zombies. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I thought I'd just be the outlier. No, I feel <laughs> the same way. I said this two years ago on our, like, um, well, I guess, like, a little oh, year yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, remember, somebody had asked us all these questions, and it's like, what's your horror hot take? And I was like, uh-huh. I don't love Dawn of the Dead. The I like yeah. the remake mm-hmm. better. Yeah, yeah. And I, we were all like, don't worry about it. We do too. <laughs> You yeah, guys was... need to watch the Adario Argento cut because his is like an hour and 59 minutes. And they said that oh, wow. it's yeah. practically all just gore and they take out a lot of the practical or um, a lot of the character development, a lot of the in-between scenes. So it's more serious and not funny and more mm-hmm. gore. I like the character development. I just kind of think they I could like have done too. a little bit more of it or handled it a little bit better. Like. Yeah, like you said, there's moments. If you think a half an hour could have been cut, then that's moments that you could have developed characters if you were going to keep that time in there. But mm-hmm. it drags out when you're not really doing a lot with these characters. They're just in this one place um, the whole time. Well, and listen, I feel the need to clarify. Like, I'm a pretty patient movie watcher. Like, I can tolerate a lot, but like, I don't. I don't need my movies to all be like action packed. Like, boom, 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 boom. Action, 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 action. Like. I want character development and I'm even okay with some monotony in this movie. Like I said, I feel like by the nature of the story that they're telling, it should have monotonous parts. Um, But if you're going to do that, I just feel like you can't have two hours, two and a half hours of it. So I I don't need it to be like, like action, 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 but it's, I need it to be a little tighter. That's all. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I respect Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys want some trivia? Yeah, you got some juicy yeah. nugs. Yeah. I do have some juicy nugs. Um, just like Night of the Living Dead last week, there were approximately five billion trivia facts. So <laughs> I'll just try to pick some of the choice all white meat, um, all chicken breast nuggies. Nuggies. Or veggie nugs. nugs. Or veggie nugs, cauliflower yeah. nugs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Don't want to alienate anybody. Whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, some of these we kind of already talked about, so I'll I'll skip over. Oh, I, I thought this was kind of funny. So extras who appeared in the film were reportedly given $1 in cash, a donut, <laughs> yeah. and a Dawn of the Dead t-shirt. Awesome. <laughs> I'm yeah, sold. Cool. I'm sold too. I'd have done you it. You know what that donut probably goes for on eBay right now? <laughs> Ew, 50 years later. <laughs> <laughs> it would be disintegrated by now. I was going to say t-shirt, but I'm like, no, the donut's more interesting. <laughs> uh, no, no, t-shirt. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so filming at the Monroeville Mall took place during the winter of 1977 and 78 with a three-week reprieve during the Christmas shopping season because they d- couldn't, like, they didn't have the time to, like, take down and put up all the Christmas decorations all the time. Oh, yeah. So they took three weeks off at Christmas, but the total shoot time was, like, four months, which seems really long to me. I think it's a mistake oh, to not have the Christmas stuff going on. Yeah, How awesome would this movie Christmas be movie. if there was Christmas stuff going on? Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. be cool. Just throw yeah. that in there. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's fine. Um, so filming at the mall usually began at 10 p.m. So this is, like, totally weird call times for the cast. Uh, filming began at 10 p.m. shortly after the mall closed and finished at 6 a.m. The mall didn't open until 1030, but at six, the music came on in the morning and nobody knew how to turn it off. So they had to stop <laughs> filming at six in the morning. Oh, gosh. Um, there's a bar in the area, in the in the mall. And uh-huh. Tom Savini remembers that um, the, some of the zombie extras would go to the bar and drink before their call time and uh, that he thinks it actually helped some of their performances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it would. But they did cause yeah. some damage. Somebody <laughs> crashed a golf cart inside the mall when they were drunk, so that didn't. That go was great. that one guy hugging everybody. He was drinking. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I love you, man. I love you, man. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, Roger, you have really nice skin, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you exfoliate. Uh, let me kill that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, let's see what's next. Okay, so Scott Reiniger, who played, um, I keep wanting to say Peter Roger. Roger. So his grandmother, despite his warning, insisted on seeing the film at the theater. Reiniger accompanied her to the showing and said she made it through part of the tenement scene. So like very early on. And he asked her if she wanted to leave. And she said yes. So they did. Uh, so, okay. have to see it. She didn't have to watch his death. Yeah, that's, oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. You know, isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. She tried. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She tried. She's like, this Some movie of- sucks. Get me out of here. <laughs> what have you done with your life? Uh, some of the... Five out of ten uh, zombie smurf zombie shoppers. <laughs> <laughs> zombie smurf zombie shoppers. Uh, uh, some of the zombies in the tenement scene were actual amputees. Hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> when the film was first released, the shooting budget was reported to be $1.5 million. But on his commentary track on the Ultimate DVD release, it's like a four-disc set. I, that's the one I have, but it's it's DVD. It's not Blu-ray. Um, but producer Richard Rubenstein admitted that that amount was inflated for foreign buyers, and the actual budget for the film was only 500 k um, including deferred lab fees and uh, and all that. So I think that's kind of funny, because that is a small-ass budget. Yeah. Mm. But that they artificially you- inflated it for foreign buyers. Uh, Jacqueline, do you have mm-hmm. the special edition? It's the ultimate edition. It's a four disc yeah, set. It's like a it's, box set. It's got like three different cuts on it. It's got the the uh, Argento cut. It's got oh, the um, two hour and 34 minute cut, the two hour and 19 cut. I would have watched it for tonight because I was shocked, Hyderberg, when you said it isn't really streaming anywhere. So I would have watched it on my DVD set. Like, I don't know which cut I would have watched, but um, but my my Blu-ray player is kind of fucked up right now. So I uh, I had to just find it, uh. you know you know in that in that way that you do um so george <laughs> romero had already wanted to hire tom savini to do the makeup effects in night of the living dead um but he was a combat photographer in the army and he couldn't commit to the film because he had to go on tour in vietnam yeah. but fortunately he was available to do this film and his recent vietnam experience played a huge part in his visualization of the graphic and gory effects because mm. he says that he was just recreating what he had seen what he saw. 
They're both no. Pittsburgh natives too, right? I believe so. Cervini's okay, school so. is in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, when asked what kind of direction he would give his zombies, Romero stated, oh, you can't, mentioning that if you give 100 people dressed as zombies a specific movement you want them to do, every one of them would do the exact same movement. Mm. So it wouldn't yeah. look realistic. He said, you just have to say, be dead. <laughs> be dead. Whatever that means. And they interpreted personally. that however they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but he did mention that the actor who plays Steven was the best zombie that he had ever seen. Yeah. Hero zombie. Yeah. Hero <laughs> zombie. Um, so in addition to Tom Savini being unhappy with the way the zombie skin tone turned out, like he, you know, at least he recognizes like, oh, it doesn't look good. It, it looks blue. Yeah. He also didn't like the blood. He said it looked fake and like melted. Yeah. Um, it but did. Romero, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 It looks yeah, very, it. it looks like Italian Jallo blood. It yeah, looks, it, it looks like Suspiria blood, you know? Yeah. Um, but Romero liked it. He felt it was perfect for the comic book style that he was going for. So at least he liked it. Uh, with okay. A, <laughs> yeah. At least somebody liked it. With such a shoestring budget, the film couldn't afford professional stunt people outside of drivers. And so Tom Savini and his assistant volunteered for some of the stunts they're responsible for almost every stunt scene in the movie they're just mm -hmm. like eh, we can do it mm -hmm. um but not all of them went perfectly as planned so when savini goes over the rail of uh -huh. the mall that's actually him doing it um but yeah. he almost missed the pile of cardboard boxes that he was supposed to land on um and he kind of injured his back and legs and he had to work from a golf cart for a few days after that, because I guess he did get moderately yeah. injured. Yeah. Let me ask and, you guys, everybody, have you seen that stunt that they tried? What do you mean, like he, from he, another he, angle, he, like a back he, behind the well, scenes? No, kind they, of they actually look? they they filmed it, and he like like collapsed like like a freaking envelope, and he just went ah uh, when, when he, he fell yeah. off the railing. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was gross. It was Ooh. so gross. I don't Ooh. I don't like seeing people get hurt. And then I don't his either. assistant, his assistant when he was like swinging down from a banner, he actually like went too far and slammed into the ceiling. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So yikes. It's like something yeah. out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when he was done, there was a hole of him, a silhouette of his body <laughs> through the wall. Wildly coyote. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is the most profitable film in the dead cycle. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That's boring. Well, yeah, because, well, most profitable to who? To George Romero or? <laughs> I, I hope so. Pro probably to the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It took three hours in makeup to transform somebody into a zombie. I find that oh. difficult to believe considering what? how, like, yeah. One dimensional, it looks like he looked like Halloween, it. like kids showing up to your I door. Think like, I could just do that real quick, like with a Jacqueline. Yeah, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about when this happened. It was like 77, 78. So yeah, it was hours, like there's a lot of people to do, but I can see like yeah. each person taking, yeah, Maybe but that's the collective, I mean, you... like, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Hannah. Like, I was just gonna say maybe that's all of the zombies put mm -hmm. together. It took three hours to do all oh. of them. <laughs> I, will, I hope I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was more. Savini and he had eight helpers doing mm -hmm. doing the makeup for the extras. So hopefully okay, yeah. it wasn't like yeah, you know, but three you hours look, per person, per only person, eight, yeah. at, eight <laughs> at a time. That would suck. Uh, the last one I'll say for now, just because you know we're short on time and I could go on forever, but okay. I, I think this is a good one to end on. 
The idea for the film came about when George Romero was invited by his friend Mark Mason to a backstage tour of the recently completed Monroeville Mall, which is where this is. That's the mall where they are. It's a real mall. Yeah. I think we all knew that. Mason noted to Romero that this would be the perfect place to hole up in during an emergency, which planted the seed in his mind Mm. that, oh, this is where I could um, set my next movie. And so that that was kind of the genesis of that. So it's pretty cool. And on that for trivia sports fans. I'm going to go back to what Hannah said real quick is that, um, yeah, not all the zombies look like they got makeup. It looks like they may got a little bit under their eyes. They didn't look blue like our Smurfs did. The zombies, there's a, there's like several looks in the, to the zombies in this film. And well, yeah, there's like every other scene well, has like different looking zombies. They yeah, all look, yeah. no, not in a good way. I'm like saying, and there's no consistency really. Right. Mm. Sorry. I don't know. So, well, I'm done. Let's track this as we go throughout the series okay. and track the look of the zombies and how that evolves over the next three movies. Cause uh-huh. it's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to change. All right, wow. folks. Well, we're, we're done. With Dawn of the Dead. We did it. Hurrah. We did it. We Yay! made it to Dawn. <laughs> yes. Hannah, Anna, Hunter, thank you so, so much for joining us. It was so much fun to have you guys all on. And I'm really impressed that with six people on the show, we didn't step on each other all that much. So <laughs> Yeah, we did. Yeah, Good job. We did. yeah, we did great. <laughs> Good we job. Let's give yourself a little pat on the back. Yeah. We'll just... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So if you guys listening want to share some thoughts about Dawn of the Dead, tell Hydraberg and me why we're wrong, or stand in solidarity with us, (laughs) please email us. Please email us your thoughts at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X at cut above horror. Uh, you can check us out at uh, on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Anna Anna. And Hunter, where can they find you? We are on Facebook, Cinema Slab Podcast, on Instagram, um, at Cinema Slab Podcast, and on all the major podcatchers, Apple, um, yeah, Apple, Google, Spotify, <laughs> iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. Amazon. Anna, all Amazon Anna, you also have a little side hustle that you uh, oh, yeah. take in. Do you want to talk about mm-hmm. that for a minute? Oh, yeah, I do. I have a candle business. They are movie and TV themed. It's called Anna's House of Wax. I do a lot of horror goodies. I actually do have one called Zombie Brains that's mm. based on, <laughs> yes. on the Dead trilogy. It smells like Fruit Loops. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite cereals. Um, but yeah, it's still, still with milk. along really well. Yeah, with milk. Yeah. <laughs> Get out Whoa. of here. Get out of here. Jacqueline's that. on blast. I don't care. I will die on this hill. Hey, Marley was eating um, uh, cocoa puffs the other day. I was like, "We don't have any milk." She was like, "I don't care. Just give me a spoon." I eat them. Good for her. (laughs) Good for her. That's a strong girl right there. Yeah, she is. Yeah, you had to take her to the walk-in clinic after though, because she cut the roof of her mouth all up, right? No, she used her teeth. You fool. Yeah, Yeah. we have teeth. Yeah, but if you put too much in there, just. Gets all up in there. I mean, I don't know how big your bites are, Hydroberg, but yeah. a normal spoonful, you can chew it with your teeth. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yep. Yeah, Anna's candles are seriously the best candles. Like the fragrance yeah. is so nice. I put one in my yes. kitchen and it like I can mm-hmm. smell it from the other room. It's so nice to walk and in they're all natural. the house is like nice and clean. Yes. It's the it's the best. 
and like the themes like the movie and tv themes for each one are so amazing and the to me mm -hmm. the best part is the little descriptions yeah on the label on the label yeah yeah thank you so yeah and they, the little and they personal look, touch that you put in there yeah it looks so pretty like i almost don't want to burn them but they, yeah. they look as well, good as they her smell. scents are great so good yeah you can get the amazing. scents and there's some of the same candle scents um in those right mm -hmm. some of your sprays are that yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, do the sprays and all the same. Uh -huh. Yeah, I know I may be biased because she's my best friend, but her <laughs> products are absolutely no, amazing. Are. I use every single one she comes out with. I grab it. Like I have a whole collection of <laughs> wax melts and candles. And yeah, she she puts her heart and soul into every single product she makes. And you can definitely tell. So check I her just, out. Anna's House of Wax. I just had a million dollar idea for you, Anna. What is it? So an episode that we did recently was called Perfume. And um, I don't know if you heard that one, but the the kind of anti-hero of the story, he's trying to create this like perfume made out of like the natural kind of essences of these beautiful young girls. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I'm going to spoil it. So hold up, you know, you know, if you don't you know, cover your ears. I've seen it. It's just been a long time. So he's at the end, he's trying to create like the ultimate perfume that concentrates these essences and it will allow him to like influence all the people in the world and he can like basically control the world. And I said at the end of that episode, like, because he does create it. And at the end of the episode, I was like, God damn it. I wish I knew what that scent smelled like, you know, <laughs> so Anna, you need to invent it and make a candle of, you know, the, you know, the ultimate distillation of, of beauty. <laughs> I don't know if I want that much power if I did find it. I, don't I would just I say <laughs> stay away from the funk of poltergeist. I mean, if you stay away oh, from yeah. that, you'll be fine. Oh my yeah, God. no worries there. Well, and try not to murder any like prepubescent girls. No murdering over here. We're off the rails. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, uh, the candles are amazing. As I talked about on the perfume episode, I am a very scent-oriented person. And so I like yes. the intensity of the aromas of those candles. I hate when you burn like a huge candle and it doesn't throw any scent. Yeah. It's a yeah. waste of money. So yeah, definitely. Um, but Thank these you. are these do not do that. So Thank you. don't forget to go to those five-star ratings on Cinema Slab, uh, wherever you find your podcast, and uh cut above horror review because we are on wherever you get your podcasts. Right, Heidelberg? Yeah. Uh, check out uh, Cinemigos, too. My other show. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you just did one. Oh, Give my it a God. listen. Yeah, we got four episodes out um, so far. Um, and we got more coming. You can find us on Instagram at uh, Cinemigos, one word, underscore podcast, or on Twitter at Trace Cinemigos. And we're on all the podcatchers, all of them, I think. And, I don't know. And by the way, I'm on Cinema Slab. We talk about John Carpenter, and by the way, I did give the thing a five star rating. Yeah, yeah, you did. You yeah, totally did. Another apostrophe. I did. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about it. There we go. But uh, yeah, so join us next week, right? Uh, we're going to be covering uh, Day of the Dead, right? From what was that eighty six, eighty five, eighty five? Yeah, I knew it was like right oh, around. Oh shit! There. Yeah, so. Join us next week as we cover another George Romero film in the October to Romero month. Hold, yes, hold on. Who, who, whose pick is that? Uh, technically, I guess it's Jacqueline's. I thought it was your. Oh, no, 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 no mine was last week. Yeah. Technically, right. well, my rotation, right. my my spot <laughs> in our rotation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until then, uh, guys, thanks for coming on. 
and remember to keep it creepy.